For over 10 years, we've been bringing you killer metal music and frank discussions about heavy metal. Wait, who the hell is Frank? You are tuned into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. Here are your hosts, Kerry the Metal Geek and Sean the Metal Pigeon. Keep it metal. Hello, this is Dauber. And this is Cammy. We're from Oceans of Slumber. And you're listening to MSR Cast. Welcome, my friends, to episode number 275 of MSR Cast, your heavy metal podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Carrie the Metal Geek, along with Sean the Metal Pigeon. Guess what, man? It's that time of year. It is that time of year. It's time for our annual fucking rewind. Our our top albums, our top songs, our top um, concert, maybe. Yeah. Our top. Uh, that's it. That's it for this show. Yeah. If you want our top everything else, you have to listen to the Metal Geek show for next week. Cool. Yeah, we will be listen to that. We will we will be talking about that shit, but this is all about the metal. Uh, so I gotta say, twenty twenty two was a very difficult year for metal for me. There is way too many on my list that I I even dwindled some down. I'm just like, all right, you got to go, you got to go. I'm like, wait a minute. So my top twenty five, you told me, is now at seventy seven. <laughs> and that's including honorable mention. So. I, su- I suggested, I was like, hey, how about just a top 25 for you? Well, I have 55 honorable mentions in. Because well. <laughs> there's some I definitely want to talk about. Some of them will just breeze over as right. well. So, yeah. Um, how do you want to, how do you want to start this? I mean, um, well, I mean, you know, we should point out that, so we, we usually, because in the past couple years, we've been doing these big round tables. We, we decided to go back to more of a, at least for this episode, do just you and me. Yep. Then we'll, we can bring in some other people later. Um, we'll we'll uh, open the metal orgy later. Yeah. I think that's what we, do, we will do. We will, uh, you know, next couple episodes or whatever, we'll invite like Justin and then Dave, Brutal Dave on. Right. People like that to see what their top albums were. We can discuss them. I think the last time we did like a big like round table, like on Zoom or whatever, it was like, it took, it was like a three hour or something. It episode. was. It was too long, I think. So it was. Yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, because everybody wants to talk about their albums and stuff like that, right. which I get it. I I, I definitely do. Um, but uh, let's let's go ahead and get into it. Um, I know on the metalpigeon.com, you actually the day this al- this this episode comes out, I'm gonna say album, your top uh, list will come out. Yeah, and you'll go way into more in depth detail than right. you will here. So um, wait till after you if you're listening to this now. Wait till Sean picks all his uh, all his uh, albums and then go read the full details on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't spoil yourself before it happens. Right. But um, so, and you also do your top songs of the year. Yeah. Now this- I started to do that, but I think I need to do that earlier in the year. I, I went back. I'm like, oh, it was my favorite tracks, and some of them weren't even on albums that were in my list. See, I mean, I just keep a running tally of songs I think are good like, yep. possible nominees. For I that. try to do that on Spotify. I'm like, oh, I like this song. I'll heart it. But right. then it's not. It, yeah. I need to track it better, I think, during the year. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it's just it's impossible. It's just hard to go back through all these albums and go, what song did I really get into? But yeah. I agree. Really, I mean, though, in especially because in, my songs list actually is on the website live right now. So. Um, it is yeah so and the and the thing is 
the songs are a lot easier, I think. Well, no, not not easier, but they're just it's different calculus than albums. You you hold the albums to a higher standard. Songs just stay with you. I think like the songs that end up like as your top songs of the year, they're just the songs that you think of first, or the ones that you want to hear the most, or something. So, um, I'm yeah. looking at your list right now. But I will I will say uh, I definitely agree with you in that 2022 was m- maybe the most difficult year I've had in putting this list together because it I reorganized mine and Me rearranged too. it so many freaking times. At one point, I was flipping coins to decide number <laughs> one and two, and I had my top five or my top five or six were sort of locked down for a while. Seven through whatever uh, was just sort of like I was like, mixing around and moving stuff, and do I really? It, it was very difficult for me. But See, mine's the end because my my top five was like uh, I, I was like toying oh, really? with like oh no this but this one should be and you know yeah I mean there it was it was eventually I just had to like I had to basically tell myself like what what's my criteria for what should be number one and then just write that down and go okay so this album matches it and this album misses it by a hair and that's how I yep. got to my number one my in my list I will say it features a lot of metal stalwarts that have been I've been fans of for a long time but there's also a lot of new stuff this year yeah um, for me there was a lot of progressive bands that I really enjoyed there was a lot of fucking death doom in my playlist this year. Not that it was like a depressing year or anything like that. It was just, it was a good year for death. It really was a lot of, it was a great year for death doom. I mean, there was so many top bands. Um, not all the albums made my list, but yeah, there's a couple in my, in my top 10 that I was very surprised by. It's that's, that's, you know, it's like one of those sub genres that is quietly having this Renaissance that no one's really paying that much. Well, I'm paying attention to it. And we, we have definitely cited it, but the funeral doom, it's, it was really strong this year, like shape of despair and some other bands. Um, there's, there was a lot of good slow funeral doom, um, which I really enjoy. I'm like the only person, only other person I know that might enjoy that as much as me. Maybe Brutal Dave, some right, and then Josh from that drummer guy in yeah. uh, Heavy Debriefings. I know he's big into. Yeah, I've actually looked at his where he did top two hundred, right? So I, I th- yeah. <laughs> so go to go search that metal or that drummer guy. Look up his list and because I will admit I I can't hear everything. He listens to more than me. Uh, our friend Christian Renner listens to more than me. Our friend Justin listens to more. Um, but, and they have different styles usually than what we're into. Justin is very much into like more black metal than I am, but he'll pick out the cream of the crop. And Christian's very much in our kind of like, he is anything goes kind of yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that drummer guy, Josh, uh, Runquist, I, I, I discovered a lot of new bands from his list Yeah, that I was very surprised by. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to leave it there. Um, how about we? Did you have any top EPs this year? Um, short no. plays. No, e, no, e, no EPs. I have like four on my list, right? Um, one. Let me go through these real quick. Epica, the Alchemy Project. It, I can't really consider that a full album because it's only like six songs, but right uh, or six or seven. It's still long, but it's still uh, considered an EP. Uh, great, great uh, collaborations with um different people from different bands like like shining and um uh some other great shit i i really i really like epica and 
having their songwriting mixed with other bands, I thought really, really worked. Yeah, I I listened to that a few times, and it didn't click with me as much as the album they did last year, which actually did make my list, um, uh, yes. my, my best albums list. Um, I, which, you know, that album, I really enjoyed that. But, uh, me too. You know, maybe that's just kind of the way it's going to be with that because some things are going to click and some things are... But, you know... I, I No, I, I, I agree there. Being that that album was really the first thing that that really clicked with me with Epica, I, I'm not going to be... I wouldn't, you know, take this as a bad sign or anything. I think, I think they're putting out really good work and, you know, maybe it's just you're either in the mood for it or, or it's right. something that's specific to a certain project that's just not clicking with Epica you. has their style, their sound. Right. And they've perfected it at this point. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately missed them when they came with Sabaton earlier this year. There was another show the same night. Oh, it was Weird Al. I chose Weird Al over Epica and Sabaton, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. I you got you to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, another one of my favorite EPs of this year was Mournful Congregation... The Exuvi of God's Part One, which means is coming. Hopefully, we'll get a Part Two in this year. And it's not like the History of the World Part One, the Mel Brooks movie, which <laughs> didn't have a sequel until twenty three. Right. You know they're doing that, right? Really? Like they're doing a, a I think it's a Hulu or something, um, or Peacock, one of those. They're doing a series, and it's 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 pretty amazing. That's cool. Um, they just released some photos of it like today. Or huh. yesterday, I'm like, can't believe they're doing that, but they, there it is. Yeah, but yeah, this mournful congregation. I mean, it's 37 minutes long, but there's only three tracks. It's still that's album length. It that's is album length. I think so, but it's considered an EP still. Yeah. Uh, another EP that I really enjoyed uh, was Primus Conspiranoia. Wow, I yeah. didn't realize they did anything. There's a, a new three track uh, EP that came out this year. Hmm. Uh, I've always been a huge Primus fan. Right. Um, some stuff sort of hits sometimes and sometimes it misses, but I really enjoyed this album. Uh, and then uh, the last one I'm going to talk about is a local band, Hasserot, The Throne of Malice. The uh, Now that was a good EP. Incantations at Dusk, it's one of my favorite tracks of the year. Yeah. There's just something about that groove in it and everything about that song. They got that sound down perfect. Yep. Damn perfect. That was actually my favorite death metal of the year, like pure traditional death metal. It's really, really good. Uh, I mean, top-notch production by Dan Suano. You're, you're going to hear a lot of Dan Suano talk about this evening, but yeah. I mean, I cannot wait for their full lengths because I've seen them live a few times. And not even because we know them. Exactly. They, just, they got it. Because I think we're pretty honest on the show all the yes. time. We know everybody in the band really well. They got it right. And I was very happy to hear that, you know, when I when I first heard that that record, I was like, wow. Yes. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh before I'm gonna talk about a couple of live albums. I don't really do that too much, but um I'm gonna talk about the Monumental Mass a cinematic metal event, the Power Wolf live album that came out. Hmm. Now, I've talked about this before. Power Wolf is a band that I sort of like Sabaton. I like a lot of their songs. But I don't like their albums in total. So putting out something like this live album has like an orchestra and all that, very cinematic sounding, all their best songs to me, it's the way I want to digest this band. Sort of like a best of compilation. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's some really good, they have some really catchy songs. That's oh, all yeah. you got to say. Yeah. But in the context of an album, 
I've never been a big fan of their albums. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the same thing. It's always like those three, two or three songs you'll really stand out. It's sort of like Sabaton like that with me now. Yeah. It's like their albums, I mean, there's like really good songs on them, but overall, I'm like, eh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, Einherger live album that came out earlier this year, Norse and Dangerous. You remember Einherger was one of my top albums of last year? Right. It's great. Same thing. Um, love the, love their songs. And then I want to talk about um, Atlantis from Soin, who I was lucky enough to see live this year. They were phenomenal live. The live album, Atlantis, is phenomenal as well. Yeah. That's my live albums. Do you want to do any of your uh, your honorable mentions before we move on? Um, so yeah, I, mean, I would like I, to hear a couple. So the the ones that yeah, because I, I my initial albums list was like around between twenty and twenty five, and I trimmed <laughs> it down to about sixteen, like oh, right so, just hard cuts. That's so cute. So from the sixteen, I mean, I would say like the ones that got cut, um, but they're still honorable mentions. Okay, uh, the Sumerlands album. See, I did not. I didn't give that album enough time this year. Yeah, yeah. Dream. There's killer. a couple of songs that I really enjoyed, but yeah, and Edge of the Night. That's on my best songs list. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a great song. Uh, the Black Braid, Black Braid album. Oh yeah. Uh, I I had been following that guy on Instagram for so long just because he makes like like you know like wood art and bone art or whatever. Oh really? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, I have this black metal album coming out. And it's like, and then the album turns out to be one of the best black metal I've, records of I, the year. Yeah, I've seen that album on many a top 10 list. It's really good. Um, it just got edged out. Not not for any fault of its own. Uh, Lords of the Trident, The Offering, uh, which was one of the best power metal albums of the year. Oh. Just really good. Like rock solid, kind of with like a heavy metal kind of guitar tone to it. Yeah, uh, the Battle Beast album that was way back in January. I forgot about that. Yeah, Circus of Doom. I love that record. But uh, yeah, it was one of those I had to like. Ah, uh, um, and then Planeswalker, uh, which was the the Sozos Michael and Jason Ashcraft. Um, those two guys were in Hellion Prime together at one oh, point. All right, right. Um, they did this power metal album called Tales of Magic, and that was I one of the that. most fun power metal albums of the year. It had um, uh, Brittany from uh, Unleash the Archers guested on the track and. Um, I had, saw. I see it's on your top ten lists for Heather, your songs. Um, yeah, you one of the songs made it on there. Um, Heather from Hellion Prime uh, from the first album, singer. Uh, she was a guest on one of the song, uh, one of the um, the the songs. Um, so yeah, those are some of the albums that got diced off the list. So the singer is the replacement in Glory Hammer. So yeah, Sozos is now the new singer in Glory. Hammer. Okay, yeah, which is a good choice for them. Right on. Yeah. Is that what does that what, what, what does that make it? Do you have any else? Those are the ones I. Those are the with ones your honorable from, mentions. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess I can I can start with some of mine. There's some bands that I just want to briefly mention and maybe not go into complete details about. Uh, the new Avatarium album, Just Where Is Your Sting? Phenomenal. Um, I think you know. It was started by by Leaf from right. Candlemass, but they've they've sort of progressed into this whole new thing, this whole other thing now. Yeah, it's, it's great. Drastically different from when it when they yeah. sound when they started when he was there. Um, you know, and there's like uh, there's in my list there's like there's band that I have to mention, but it's not they're not my favorite albums. Like the new Guar album, there's a couple of really fun tracks, but overall it's not my favorite. 
Um, there's a band that I want to mention called Vanguard. I don't hear anybody talking about uh, the power that you hold. Very catchy, bright, progressive, just heavy metal. It's not really super progressive. Like you, I listen to them. Yeah. Vanguard. There's some really great tracks on there. Um, I have little to no memory of these memories. The uh, the new album song from Toehider that came out earlier this year. Huh. Uh, their new Exhumed is really fucking good, always to the dead. Um, the Induction album, I, I want to like that more, but there's only a couple tracks that really stand out to me. Uh, it's Born From Fire. It's very aggressive power metal. Like, sort of Iced Earth-ish, if Iced Earth wasn't Iced Earth anymore. Right. If you know what I mean? Right. Um, uh, Charlie Griffiths, the uh, the main songwriter behind, behind Hiking, put out a, a fucking killer, heavy, progressive album this year. I don't see a lot of people talking about that. Um, I want to talk about the, the, the Yanni Lamatainen album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would probably be higher on my list if it was... I hate to say it was a little bit better. There's really good tracks on there, no, but overall, it's it's there's some that sort of like miss the mark. Um, all dreams are born to die from that album. It made my songs list. That it did was I saw that phenomenal song? And unfortunately, the rest of that album didn't quite live up to that song's potential. You know, big, sure, I get know, that. Cobalt Prestige, and 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 that being a collaboration between. Tony Kako and him reuniting the old Sonata Artica bandmates. It was kind of like, ooh, what is this going to lead to? <laughs> That's a, is that you know? scratching that itch you were looking for? Well, it, it to me, it's sort of like if I'm if I'm Yanni, I'm thinking like, well, you know, if if Timo's busy with Stradivarius and you know we can't do Kane's Offering albums, sure, maybe I should get Tony to do a Kane's Offering album. That's what I'm hoping he's going to do. Oh, but you know, we'll see. I mean, because th- this is too good of a collaboration. What if you get Koji Pelto and Tony Kako together? I mean, that would be great. But, you know, what, what it really says is, like, maybe Yanni should just rejoin Sonata Artica, but he's with Insomnium, Insomnium right now. now yeah. So, And I and I like him in Insomnium, too. So I, I like his songwriting really... brings a new... Oh, it's great. I can't wait for the new album. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about uh, one of the bands, uh, Tuma Finland. Great sort of Death Doom band. Been yeah. around for a while. Uh, Venom Prison. Their new album, it's really, really good. It's all over the place. Um, she's a phenomenal vocalist. It's it's not it's not the first album was like very you know desk grind chorus, but this is like there's so many different elements on this album. If you haven't heard it, it's 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 really worth your time. Uh, here's a band that everybody's been you know talking about: Dream Unending, Song of Salvation. It's a really spacey um, funeral doom, death doom band. Um, my only problem with it, it's, it's, it's only like five or six tracks, but some of them are really long. But towards the end of the album, it sort of fal- falters a lot for me. Uh, it doesn't, it, like the first part of the album is really fucking heavy and really groovy and good. And then it just turns into like, you know, just acoustic interludes and some guitar stuff. And it, it just, it sort of falls at the end for me. Um, another Death Doom band that was really good. We talked about this on the on the show before. Morning by morning, a step away right. from from light, a step into do- uh, to the abyss, almost said darkness. Um, Shroud of bereavement, a beautiful winter. If you haven't heard, uh, it's a one man project. 
great guy um, named Dan Robinson. Phenomenal stuff. I know he's working on some new stuff and re-releasing some older shit. Um, Shape of Despair, that's talked about that Death Doom. Uh, this might be on your list. I don't know. The new Seventh Wonder. I will not Testament. confirm nor deny that. <laughs> you can know the, the, the first song on that album. I can't think of the name of it now. Um, uh, I honestly, I can't remember. Actually, I'll just end the suspense. No, it's not on my list. <laughs> oh, it's not. Okay. <laughs> if it was, I would probably remember that song. I'm going to, uh, Warriors. That's the song I'm yeah. talking about. That was a good song. Great song. Yeah. Um, Let's see, uh, the emula- the new Immolation, really fucking, like, brutal fucking, like, technical, just really, really fucking amazing dust metal. Immolation never puts out a dud. You know, I like, I listened to the, to the Immolation yeah. album. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just the time I listened to it, but it didn't do anything. For me. I actually, I did, I actually listened to that that one time, and I never went back to it. Sure. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of bands that, uh, right here... Um, okay, Soil Work, the new, the Overgiven Heighten. Mm-hmm. There's some really great stuff on this album, too. Uh, if I, I think if I listened to it more, it would definitely be higher in my list. But I want to take a moment and talk about the new Ghost and the new Megadeth. Okay. They're, they're, uh, the new Megadeth, let me start with this. We've talked about this on the show. If they trim the fat on this album and cut out some certain songs that I'm not going to mention by name, just just because I don't want to, it would probably be a top 20 album for me because yeah. the some of the best riffings in years, um, but there's some major clunkers that just really destroy the momentum and the overall, overall quality of the album. It's just like, yeah. it just brings it to a, a complete halt. Yeah, real peaks and valleys on that yes. album where it's just like they... One song was just like, oh, vintage Megadeth, you yeah. know, like uh, what is it? Life in Hell was a great one. And, and it's a phenomenal lineup. I mean... Yeah. Um, it's just what you got to know when to self-edit sometimes. You know what I mean? And too long of a track listing. That I mean, yeah, again, self-editing. Yes. they needed to drop a couple of those songs. Uh, let's talk about the new Ghost. Yeah. Um, really catchy album. Yeah. They dive further and further into the mainstream. Not, I don't think they're really. That's not what they're aiming for. But that's just what's happening. That's what's just. That's what's occurred around them, and they're sort of developing that. Like the twenty song. I know a lot of fucking people hate that song. I like it. Yeah. It's it's weird and avant-garde enough for me to really enjoy. You know what I mean? I did. You know what? Because I was listening to that album like in, in the month when I was like going through everything, and I yeah, I did enjoy it. I actually I actually have liked the past like couple Ghost albums, but yeah. I'll, I'll say this um, about this past album. I think this is as far as they they should go in this style in this current mode. Sure. Of like kind of mainstream hard rock style. I think they need to do something different on the next one. What do you think they should do? I think they should pivot, get a little heavier, and get a little darker, and go into a more you know because now now they have the mainstream, they have the big fan base, they have a group of diehard fans. They're not you're, you're not going to shake them that easily if you do something different. But get a little more darker with it. Not not saying go back to their old school style, but get maybe a little bit more evil sure. and heavier, yeah. and because. Because you've done two basically arena rock albums. It is what it is. I mean, they're yeah. great. They're great arena rock albums. There's nothing wrong with arena rock. But I think if you try to go for a third, I think you're going to, they risk the possibility that they're going to start recycling ideas. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, you make a great point there. Um, another band that's uh, in that Death Doom uh, is the band Death White. 
Oh, yeah. Great album that came out this year. Yeah, that was a good record, yeah. One of my favorite power metal albums. It's really lower in my list here, but Power Paladin. That was fun. It's in very fun. Kind of Twilight Force way, yeah. Very. There's lots of Halloween elements, and they they fucking dive into like the, the Legend of Zelda theme song. Right. I mean, come on, yeah. Who can't love? Who who doesn't love that? Yeah. Um, Temple of Void. It's a really great fucking um, more death, but a very doomy band. Right. Uh, there's doom el- doom style to it, but it's a very great death metal band. If you haven't heard Temple of Void, um, really low on my list. I'm going to say it is a new Blind Guardian. I tr- I've this my, I might be on, on on my own here, but I've tried and I've tried. I've listened to it multiple times, but I just don't go back to it. I mean, it's it's not in my top ten. You know. Oh my god. I mean, you all know. right, all right. This is getting interesting now. It, it the 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 thing with Blank, it's it's not a bad album, but it's not a it's not. I I don't know if I could honestly say it was a good album. Sure. It's better than the Symphony album though. Way better than that, and in, in, in a step in the right direction. But I still think it's like a transition record, and uh, they have to figure out what they're going to do or where they're going. I mean, they're they're still trying to shake that kind of progressive orchestral thing, and you can still see hear tinges of it in their sound. And I don't know. I, I sometimes I, I don't know if they know how to get back to a more. They did on on twenty ten on, on at the edge of time. I think they they found a way to rebound from. Twist in the Myth, which was such a weird album, they found a way to get back to some sense of normalcy relative to Blind Guardian, and then they just sort of went off the rails again five years later with Beyond the Red Mirror. Sure. And they just... I And, and here's my theory on that. They have to shake that producer. Charlie Byerfine is a great producer, has done great stuff for Halloween, and, and a lot of other metal bands and stuff, Angra, but he needs to be separated from Blind Guardian because his sound is too attached to Blind Guardian at this point. And, and vice versa, they're two in each other's pockets. Sort of like my theory on Iron Maiden needs to like do an album without Kevin Shirley, for God's sakes. Like, <laughs> get with a producer that can make you sound tight and yeah. tucked in and, and precision. I feel that. And, yeah. you know, like Priest delivered their best album in 20 years because they did that. And I think Maiden needs to do that. And I think Boyne Guardian needs to do that, too. You make great points. I cannot confirm or deny that. Uh, I want to talk about the posthumous release from Eric Wagner uh, in the lonely light of darkness. It was he was working on it before he um, unfortunately passed, um, and they were able to finish it and put it out. And it's um, it's definitely a, it pulls at your heartstrings when you listen to it. Yeah, um, Strigoi, the Viscera album. Uh, if you want some crusty fucking death metal that still has elements from Paradise Lost, because it's Gregor McIntosh from the main songwriter from both those bands. Uh, look no further. I want to talk about War Kings. Um, War Kings scratches that 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 itch that I need for a new Dream Evil album. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess that's that's an interesting comparison. <laughs> oh God! And I'm a big I become a big fan of uh, George Neuerhauser or whatever. Yeah. Sorry, that's not his his character in the band, right. but that's who sings. Sorry to spoil it, but yeah, I love him as a vocalist. I don't particularly in love War Kings. I don't hate it like other like a lot of the heart, kind of the power metal um, yeah. community is tending to hate on it right now. Really, they're hating on it. Yeah, it, War Kings is sort of the butt of a lot of jokes. Um, it's good stuff though. I don't hate it that much, but I don't love it either. And I, I just think I, that, I think he's better off just like focus on Serenity, get it back to run and wean again. You know, enough with a side project. I yeah, I mean. Uh, but I, I really love cheesy fucking power metal. 
I mean, there was a ballad on that Workings album. I think it was Workings. And they have that, uh, what's her name, Morgana? It like was... doing all the, the the death vocal, the growlies? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they had a ballad on that album that I just thought was one of the worst songs he's ever written. I was just like, what the hell is this? It oh, was... I don't remember the ballad. <sighs> was it was it that or was it a different project? I can't remember now. I, there's too many York projects now. Is it York? I thought it was George. Oh, I, 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 yeah, you're probably right. No, know. whatever. It, it could be York. Um, I want to talk about the new Stradivarius. It's really low in my my list, unfortunately. See, then it should not be on your list. I'll, no, I'll say this well, this is honorable mentions. We'll just go, we'll say that. I mean, if, if if there's problems with an album, it's not one of the best of the year. You know, um, that's why I wasn't even I wasn't going to even mention Blind Guardian because it's like, oh, they don't deserve to be mentioned. They didn't put out one of the best albums of the year. I want to talk about the new Queen Drake. I listened to that again today. High quality fucking Queen Drake. Again, editing though. Yep. You know, way too long, guys. Like you had a really good you had a great album in there. And you sort of it sort of got like like you know, like um diluted amongst all these kind of more mediocre moments and it's like you need someone to tell you like this needs to be on the cutting room floor, this needs to be a B side, whatever, whatever. I agree. Um, abandoned. Maybe I think you introduced me to with Horizon Ignited. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, towards the dying lands. Yeah. There's some elements that are that that go very close into like, um, like not new metal, but uh, like some like modern metal, and it's like okay, yeah. Step that back a little bit. The rest of your shit is really good. Almost like metalcore. Yeah, in a way. But I, but for some reason it doesn't bother me when they do it. it. I find it very charming for some reason. I don't even know how to explain that. But I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's scratching an itch that I'm not getting. Like you know, like we've said scratching an itch like three times already since yeah. the evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, another uh, Death Doom band that not getting uh, enough talk about is Hollow Decay. Yeah, that was a good good album. Yes, it came out really earlier in the year too. So um, another band that really writes fucking super catchy songs and they just they're earworms the new dynasty album the final advent advent um if you listen there's i was listening to it again the other day i was like i was preparing for this and if you take some of the metal aspects of it out the songs are written like boy band music i i can sort of hear what you're saying like yeah. when i think about it um I guess what I was thinking was like maybe it's the Swedish connection of them, but that doesn't really make any sense either. I mean, I don't know. It's the thing about this Dynasty album was I was a little kind of underwhelmed with it because I was, I guess, I was really impressed with their 2020 album. Yeah, and so I was kind of holding little, the 2020 this, album was a little bit darker too. Yeah, and it was, and you know, that album actually came out the very week that uh, the the lockdowns happened. Oh, really? And so I I was just like kind of just like latching onto that album because it mm. was like I don't know there was something really cathartic about it. So I kind of I really loved that Dynasty album in 2020. Um, what was it called Fire Sign or something like that? I forgot what the, t- the title was, but this one I guess I held it to too high of a standard and it didn't quite hit that that mark. There were a couple of songs in there that I really thought were good. Awesome. Um, the this was higher on my list but it got moved it got moved around many times the new Hass album H-A-T-H uh, all that was promised killer fucking death metal um, they, amazing songwriting 
very uh, I don't I don't want to say progressive as you know as far as like they're not proggy, but their songwriting structure is is way different than what a lot of other bands are doing right now. Um, <laughs> gotta say the new Scorpions, man. I keep on going back to that album. Yeah, it's so fucking fun. It was a it was a fun, really good Scorpions record. I I, I again I wish they edited it a little bit more. It was very long. Yeah, it was. Um, but the really I mean, it has some of the best songs that the Scorpions have put, written in the past like two decades. Yes, great. You know, um, Gash in the Tank is, is yeah. That's a, that's a great. That's a classic. That's Scorpion a banger song. Yeah. That's just a it's a arena rock banger. And what was it? The single was it like the title track was Rock Believer. Yeah, Rock I Believer. I thought that was a very moving song. Like yeah, consider especially with the video. If you go watch the videos, it's like, it's like their career in a, yeah, in a song. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna we're about to hit uh, Eternum, Heir of the Rising Sun. Um, Eternum was way higher on their last album for me. Um, yeah, I agree. But uh, but this was a good album. It was a good album. It yes, wasn't agreed. a great album. Wasn't a great album. Yeah. So, um, I want. There's a band here. I don't know if you've ever even heard of these guys yet. They're called Mayor Infinitium. I've heard the name. Okay. the The album's called uh, Cryo Sleep. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's depressive funeral doom, death doom, with symphonic, serion vocal elements. Oh, like I ha- this I have. Full-on Serion <laughs> choirs and shit. That's cool. It's really interesting. and huh. very. If It just came out in December. Okay. If I had more time with it, I think it would be higher on my list. This is why bands shouldn't be releasing albums I, in December. We, Things get... Exa- after December 7th, your album should be in 2013, 20, the next year. Yeah. No. And by the way, I'm not, we're not saying this just because we cover albums and do a podcast. We're... Like think about you as a person. You don't yep. really pay attention to new releases in December because you got other shit going on. You're you got, busy. You got holidays. You got work. Come, you got yeah, all whatever. that shit going on. Family you're shit. You're not thinking about new releases. None of us are. No. And so yeah, stop releasing albums in December for God's sake. <laughs> um, Kardashev, Liminal Right. I see. This is when I go back. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I see this on a lot of lists, um, and that's where I was like, oh, I need to check these guys out, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, a band that nobody's talking about. They're called Wine from Tears. I've heard the name. We've uh, mentioned the name before. We were laughing about the name right before. It's one of the worst band names of the year. Yeah. Um, they're a Russian band, uh, but melodic doom death metal. But uh, really interesting songs on this album called, and funny enough, it's called I'm Fine. That's it. It's just called I'm Fine. Yeah. This is their third release, but uh, I really enjoy these guys. Um, very interesting um, take on Death Doom. Uh, there, there's a track on here. I think my favorite track is called <clears throat> No Future. Um, for the first time I heard it, I'm like, wow, they're just repeating that over and over. But then you're like, my God, that's like, I want to hear that again. You know, that's a, the, the sign of a, of a good album, good a song, you know? Yeah. Uh, the new Wilder Run album came out in January of 2022. Oh, yeah, that one. It's still, I went back and we listened to it again this last week. It's still really, really good. Um, Evil Invaders, dude. The album is called uh, Shattering Reflections. This is... That was a fun album. Straight on fun. Good fun times. Like, like aggressive... Uh, 90s era thrash metal. It yeah. reminds me of Havoc. Yeah. The way they do their songwriting. It's very like that 90s. We're gonna we're not afraid to do this shit. But um and, and you got it right with the 90s thing. There was something very specific they were going for and they I think they achieved it. 
No, they did for sure. Um, and you know, I, I just remembered my other honorable mention that I somehow forgot was Lacrimas Profunda. Oh, Profunda, it's on my list too. Um, yes, that was an album that it was flawed. Yeah, but it was very. But I enjoyed it despite the flaws. But that's why it's not on my my top ten because it was flawed. There were two songs in there that I didn't really like. But, I think yeah. one of my favorite tracks of the year is In Deepest Black from the uh, Evil Invaders album. Yeah. Such a good song. They, they, it, at that time, was a great song. They, at times, they definitely remind me of... Um, they're fun. They like to, It's not like they're a party band, but you can tell they're just having fun playing their music. It, it gives me elements of like... like like 89 90 era like sanctuary that type of stuff you know what i mean wasn't that the song that reminded me of metal church it yeah definitely a metal church vibe yeah, too yeah. for sure which i wonder who the new metal church vocalist is i've heard a rumor that it might be ronnie romero but yeah i could see that um i don't know yeah. uh let's see here um kua go with me here i always have trouble saying this band name kulaman lakso their album with Kusumo. Um, this is uh, an, a, an amazing Death Doom project from Miko from Swallow the Sun. Go figure. Yeah. Um, he's This is their, like, there's, they've had multiple albums, but I really, really enjoy this album. Uh, another album that I listened to this morning was the new Bremere. Uh, went back to it, Voices in the Sky. I'm like, oh, this is some really good stuff on here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Still, in my honorable mentions here: the new Avantasia. Yeah, it's if I'm if I'm numbering it, it's like twenty three. Okay, um, it's super catchy, but uh, it's starting to feel a little more of the same. Um, the my favorite track is "Wicked Rule the Night." I I love Ralph Shapers. It's one of my favorite tracks on this on the album because it's different than a lot of the other stuff on the album. You know? Yeah, I mean, he was a he was one of the more interesting guests on the album. But yeah, no, I agree with you. Like they, you know, it's when you say it's starting to feel the same. I mean, that's because he's pretty much using the same cast of guest vocalists, and he needs to stop. Yes, he needs to. We mentioned that before. He needs to stop. Uh, At number twenty-two, we're just going to do it this way: is Candlemas, Sweet Evil Sun. I went back and listened to that again this morning. I've I've been done a lot of listening this week in preparation. Not definitely not my favorite Candlemas. Definitely not my favorite recent Candlemas album. But uh, there's something about that band where I just I'm gravitating. I gravitate toward them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just they're just doom. They're yeah. like the epitome. When you look up doom, the encyclopedia, there's a picture of Candlemas. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, at 21 for me is Dawn of Solace, the Flames of Perdition. Yeah. I, you know, I I wanted to like that album more than. I did. It's not as good as the first album. No, uh, and I and I think that's what my problem was. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of Tomas uh, Soikinen. Yeah. Um, or so, yeah, he's phenomenal songwriter, phenomenal, um, you know, just just frontman. Um, and there might be another band in, that came out with an album in my list later on. There is a chance that he is spreading himself too thin at some point. Because there's another um, so many things Before the on. Dawn coming out? Right. And it's just in like... In 23. I understand there are different collaborations with different people, but eventually it's just sort of... But like, at one point, he he put all those... He stopped all those side projects to focus on Wolfheart, and then now, now he's, he's sort of going back, back a little it's, bit. It's, yeah, it's strange. Whatever. Yeah. He maybe just wants to get out different things where he can't get out in certain in certain projects, you know. But you know the the uh, yeah, but there's 
like that Wolfheart album that came out like in 2017 or 2019, I can't remember. Yep. Teehees or whatever. Yep. Teehees. Well, yeah. Like that had elements of like of all these other side yeah. projects oh, yeah. in them. So it's I to me, I'm like, I don't really necessarily know if I want Wolfheart to be all fury and, you know, just like aggression. I, I kind of like that mix of different things. And I think the past few Wolfheart albums have been sort of just leaning one way, which is kind of causing my interest to drift a little bit. I don't know. I feel yeah. So I have mixed feelings about that. We're down to my number twenty, okay? So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do five more tracks, um, and then I'm gonna play a song from one of these bands, okay? Yeah. Take a little bit of break, give our voices a chance to rest so we can prepare for the rest of our killer uh top albums here. So at number twenty, I, I just uh, I don't know why I sounded like case to case for a second. Um from request around the country, uh, it's Bloodbast, Survival of the Sickest. Yeah. So I really loved the Bloodbath yep. album, but I think it came at a time that I wasn't in the mood for death metal, and I listened to it later, uh-huh. much later in December. Sure. And I was like, ah, it's just, it's too late to make this list. No. It's a good, it's a, it's a good album. It wasn't like my favorite Bloodbath album. Sure. But it was just like one of those things where I'm like, yeah, this is this is bloodbath. And I was even considering like writing about it, like on on, my, on the metal pitch. You should. And I was like, what the hell am I going to say about this? <laughs> it's bloodbath. <laughs> it's I mean, blood, it's a good bloodbath album. You know what it sounds like. For it's God. Swedish fucking death metal. Um, yeah. Brutal vocals. Uh, the lyrics are great. Everything about a little more intentionally like old school sounding than yes. the last one. Because yeah, they got technical for a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Speaking of, I, I cannot wait for that host album to come out this year. We've already heard one track, but the host album, uh, which you know, the singer from Bloodbath and Paradise Lost. Oh, right, Ingr- right, right. Yeah, yeah their yeah. night, their t- Depeche Mode era uh, album yeah, style. Be, that'll be interesting. Yeah, because I mean, it's based off the the host album from Paradise oh, Lost. Right, so. right. Yeah, like that's where they got the name. Uh, number nineteen. This is the band that you introduced me to. Um, and it blends two of my favorite things, power metal and melodic death metal. Yeah. Gladenfold, Nemesis. Yeah. Well, I, only 19, huh? Yeah. Well, you'll, you'll see. I remember you were talking about that. You, you liked it a lot. I really do like that album a lot. I've gone back to it just recently again. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's really good. Um, thank you for that introduction. That, they're such a creative... I mean, it, not that merging those two things together is, is particularly novel or anything, but... But they do it... To do it in the way that they did... Yes. Is, they know. they they meld they blend it together where it, it just works. It doesn't sound off putting or oh now they're doing this part now they're doing this part. Right. It just it just all works well together. It's yeah. a well oiled machine. Um, number eighteen for me is Hammer of Dawn from Hammerfall. Yeah, I liked I like the Hammerfall album. I, I know. yeah I'm a, I'm a huge Hammerfall fanboy. Um, That's kind of how I felt about their past. Two albums I've liked them. I, I, I liked it a lot, and I found it them fun. But yes, they they're not top ten material. Yeah, and they just you know I always long for that old guitar sound. I always talk about <laughs> Hammerfall, yeah. but they're never going to go back to it. But I mean, yeah, they're not. Um, it is it is far and away better than the stuff they were putting out like six years ago. Oh, oh yeah, like Infected and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I mean they've always had uh, remarkable and catchy songs on each album. Um, and this is just another continuation. I'm excited because I get to go see them opening up for Halloween in Dallas in right. May. And they announced the night before in Houston, they're doing a headline show. So I get to yeah. see him 
two times in one weekend. <laughs> and I don't even know if I don't know if I want to do that headline show then. You know, like do that, and then the next day I you're going to the, you're going to the the Halloween show. Yeah, and yeah, the Dallas. I'm, but it's like one of those things where you're like, why don't we do just I, do I want to do this? We should. You know what we should do? We should uh, ride together and just podcast on the road. Yeah, we should, we need to do something like that. That'd be fun. I need to sort out all that stuff actually pretty soon here, like hotel or whatever. Because yeah, I got to go to Dallas twice in the next few months, and then I want to go to Austin for uh, the Enslaved and Insomnium show. Yeah, I I can't fucking miss that show. Yeah, uh, it's a middle. It's like on a Tuesday, so I and I've, it's like the week after I get back from a vacation too. I'm like, how am I how am I going to do that? I've thought about. I'm thinking about. I'm on the fence about that show, honestly. <sighs> I was so sad there's not Because I'm so disillusioned with in, Enslaved, I'm sort of like, I, I don't need to see Enslaved. Oh, don't do not do that. Don't do that to my heart. <laughs> um, all right, number 17. This might surprise a lot of people that is not higher up on my list. Uh, Lightwork from Devin Townsend. No, I'm not surprised because I remember you kind of saying something. I like So when I talked about it before, I was like, oh, I don't, know, I don't really know if I like this album. Yeah. I I got the um, the Blu-ray disc and I watched it one day with all the the video stuff and and it all worked it all sort of clicked it's a it's a definite it's definitely a different album it's not what I was expecting him to do but it's the album that I think he needed to do is the one he started writing during the pandemic and it, it it was a lot of the of loneliness and depression of what was going on in the world and it all came out in this album and going back to it there's some really really Good songs on this album that I think will be staples in his career for a long time. So, you know, I, it's that it is what it is. It's not higher on my list. Yeah, but I, I think it's at a good place. Yeah. So the next, the last band I want to talk about before we we're going to play them and before we take a quick little break is a band that I discovered back like about a month ago, month like sometime in November. Somebody, told, I think it might have been Christian. He's like, oh, dude. Hate to do this to you, but I think this is a band you're going to enjoy. Uh, this is an unsung Melodus band that came out this year. Some chunky riffs, hooky song structures, melodic keys involved. Uh, I'm talking about Moonshade as we set the skies ablaze. Yeah, no, I've, I've listened to that album because I remember seeing that in Christian's post or yeah. with the chat or something. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it's number 16 for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, if you're looking for a really, uh, really great mellow desk that don't overstep their 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 boundaries in a way they don't try a lot of i'm not saying they're not trying new stuff but it's not like they're finished right I, yeah of course yeah <laughs> no because they did they definitely didn't have that kind of gothenburg thing no sound. i need to go listen to it more yeah it's a really good album so let's get into that we'll take a quick little break we're going to get into the track uh it's called uh everlasting horizons this is moonshade we'll be right back
welcome back to our uh, 2022 recap episode. That was uh, Carrie's number, what, 16? Number 16. Uh, I already forgot the band name. <laughs> <laughs> it was Moonshade, uh, Everlasting Horizons from the album As We Set the Skies Ablaze. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, good. man. Yeah. I think if I spend more time with that album, it might be higher on my list. I mean, that came out recently, right? That was like November. Um, or we, we were aware of it recently. We were we were made aware of it recently. It came out earlier in the year, like July. Oh, okay. So, oops. Yeah, my fault. That was one of those Christian Renner recommendations. He's like, "Hey, Carrie's gonna like this one." Yeah. I was like, "God damn it, I do." <laughs> I think I got yelled at him. I'm like, "Don't give me any more bands to listen to. I'm working on my list." Yeah. Stop it. And then there it is. Push a lot of shit out right there. Um, so I'm going to get to my next five. We're almost to our top tens, but I do want to talk about, um, some in memoriam stuff for some bands later and, uh, maybe what we're looking forward to in 23. And we have a couple more tracks we're going to play as well. I don't know what you're going to be picking and you don't know what the rest of I'm going to be picking because we want to keep it sort of quiet until we talk about our tops yeah i mean usually when we do this episode it's yep. like usually after i've already published my list so i think you already know i do i wanted to do it differently this way so this, this time year. yeah and i you know it's like okay yeah let's do it differently i also need like something to put out now in july in january for the metal pigeon because i'm going to take a little break from, just need oh, are you really yeah i just need to like yeah I, I, I mean everyone does like christian does i think yeah. that's a great does. i was going to talk to you about that like what are your now that you know, we've gone through all of our top albums. I'm going to listen to podcasts for a little bit. I'm going to listen to the things that make me happy. I think not worry about, you know, ranking and all that kind of stuff. Um, if I find something that I enjoy, I'm going to start, you know, monitoring it. But yeah, I know you're going to do a lot of K-pop, right? Yeah. Well, I'm actually, uh, one of the things I, I, I actually put a, I create a subdomain from the metal pigeon. K-pop, Did you really kpop dot the metal pigeon dot because I want to do like the little side project thing like the you know kpop pigeon okay and so I, I'm kind of going to do that and yeah I mean just I don't know just like something fun because there's stuff I have I want to say about that but I don't have anywhere to do it so I was like I need to create an outlet for this so okay I um, mean it's your, it's it's your stuff man you do whatever you want to do the one thing with the metal pigeon I also realized this year because remember last year I was telling you I was like having there was a period where I hit a rough spot with yeah. metal and I was having problems like getting into stuff. And I was like, okay. And to fix that, I changed my listening habits. I didn't force myself to listen to albums just because, oh, I have to get a review out. And there were, sure. So I stopped doing that. And I think this year what I've realized is I needed to stop being on the whole review treadmill thing where it's like, oh, an album came out. I need to review that. Yeah. And because that can burn you out, really. Oh yeah, you you used to do that. I used to do that yeah. all the time. It was it was definitely you know, it's like, oh, the new Wolfheart came out. I have to fucking talk about it now. Yeah, and so it, was it, just, it burns you out. And, it does, especially if it's an album that like maybe you were excited about, but it's not that great. You're just sort of like, how do I? Do and this? I know when you review albums, you listen to it like how many times over well, and over. It, yeah, and, and I try to. I mean, and so what, what I realized this year was like, I I'm only gonna. Which is why I was so late on all these. Like, the album came out like in I don't know, for example, May, and I would review it in August because it's because <laughs> the only time I really wanted to listen to it was when I wanted to listen to it, and I didn't force myself to. And it actually made me appreciate a lot more things this year, which is why this was such a hard list to put together. Yeah. Um, whereas like last year was pretty obvious to me. So I think what I'm going to try to do with the Metal Pigeon this year is not have it be such a review centric website and just have it be more of my opinions. 
get back to what the original concept of this site was supposed to be, I am not angry metal guy. I don't have the capability to review every fucking album that comes out. Nor do I really want to do that. So I'm going to just kind of get back to doing more just selfish stuff on this site. Because at the end of the day, I kind of I was just like, why am I putting myself under all this pressure? I could just, like, I mean, no, you know, I am sort of calling the shots on this thing. So, yeah, that's that's the plan anyway. Yeah, I yeah, do what makes you happy. Don't burn yourself out, man. That's all I got to say. Which is also why I want to do the K-pop thing, just to have reconnect with writing something that's not that not that the metal. I had a lot of fun putting this list together, but but you know, like for example, like when I like that Bloodbath album came out, man. Do you know how hard it is to describe in with text like a death metal album or like a black metal album? <laughs> yeah. Without repeating yourself over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> it can get a little taxing. So anyway, that's enough uh <laughs> that's enough uh bitching and complaining. <laughs> uh number fifteen, are we at? <laughs> <laughs> We're at number fifteen. This is going to, I think, surprise a lot of people. Um, with this choice, um, but I find myself strangely attracted to this album a lot. Uh, it was amazing songwriting. Um, it's sort of post metal, post punk, but element of like Alice in Chains and a bunch of different things. Um, came out uh, in May of twenty two. It was uh, the album is called Heavy Pendulum from Cave In. I remember you talking about this album. Yeah. yeah. I've gone back to it multiple times. And that's what that's how I determined my list. I'm like, how many times did I go back and listen to this album over? And how many times did I think about, oh, I like that song or I want to go back and hear this? Um, like I said, it's, it's you know. Um, oh, yeah. The Alice in Chains sounding thing. I remember we played that on the show. We did. We, we have played it before. Um, it's. You know, if you if you were into cave in, converge, all that type of post grunge, post metal, post post whatever you want to call it, um, I think you're gonna really like this new cave in album. Uh, it's just it's just it's really really good. Yeah, stoner, I, sludgy, stonerish. I could see the appeal progressive yeah. post metal, spacey. Yeah, it's like all a that stuff. Of fresh air. It's something different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number fourteen. This might be on your list too. I don't. I don't quite know. Um, it's my favorite In Flames album that came out this year. It's the Halo <laughs> Effect. My favorite In Flames. Album. <laughs> um, I mean, the whole album's not overly like a plus plus. There's definitely some things I'm like, oh, okay, that's not exactly great. But um, Michael's vocals on this album, Michael Stani. The just the what you want a modern in flames ish uh, Gossenberg, you know, mellow desk band to sound like they have it. They have it like locked down. Well, it's going to be interesting when that new in flames album comes out to do a comparison. To go oh, back yeah. And right. These two. That's going to be fascinating. Yeah. I think in flames for me has that there's like like there's like it's tarnished the reputation is tarnished maybe i mean i you know what i mean i just saw the new metal hammer has a story on them um oh really uh, where it's like the 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 tagline for the story is they are going back to their metal death roots or whatever after so many years of distancing something like why are they doing this and they're gonna i don't know i mean it, you they know. probably realize that what they were doing before sure it was getting them maybe some more fans and money but it wasn't 
it wasn't doing what they expected it to do. So they're like, well, let's just do back. Let's just do what we started out doing. And yeah, that, I don't know. It, that's so, yeah. Cause it, you know, at a certain point I just sort of like, um, I just sort of thought like, well, this is the music they want to do like this, whatever the stuff is they're doing. And they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and getting more and more away from metal. And yeah. I was like, all right. I mean, this is just who they are now. Yeah. And, and, you know, even though I don't like it, at least I guess they're doing what they want to do now to see them come back and uh, maybe, I mean, all the hype is around this, right. That they're doing this return. We'll see how much of a return it is. First of all, I'm kind of skeptical, yep. but the fact that they're going back on it, that it, it does make me, very suspicious and also makes me very confused it's like well you were getting i don't know i'm we'll talk more about it when it comes out yeah well well, i'm sure we will definitely it'll be a topic (laughs) when it does come out it'll be fun to talk about um all right so number where we at number 13 for me is a band that's really high on a lot of fucking people's list right now um and for good reason it's a really really good album it uh i remember getting the promo i'm like oh this sounds interesting it's uh woe from an abstract illusion. So uh one of the best atmospheric progressive death metal albums that came out this year. Um when I first heard it the first time I'm like, "Oh, the, I'm, I wasn't a fan of the drum production." Right. Um it was very sort of like heavy-handed metalcore sounding drums, but going back and listening to it multiple times, I'm like, "This works." We were listening to it in the car the other day and there was one of the tracks, sort of the later tracks, and and I was like, you know, I can't place my finger on who this sounds like. And my wife, she was like, oh, it sounds like Devin Townsend. Hmm. I was like, you know what? It does. It was very, yeah. that very spacey, very atmospheric uh, guitar tones and stuff like that. I'm like, this part does sound like Devin Townsend. When you mentioned the drum sound, I went back and listened to it, and I, I, did, I, I saw what you were talking about. Yeah. It didn't bother me that much, but I I will say this album I listened to it a lot because there was something about it that made me want to listen to it a lot. Yeah, I can't even identify really what that was, but I had so many issues with this album, like so many like the there were so many moments where I felt like it was either boring, no. Or underwritten or something like that, undercooked maybe. Uh, yeah, and but then but then for some reason I just still kept on listening. Yeah, to it. that's so what it is. I don't know what the deal was with them. I mean, I don't know. May, I think their I think their next album, whatever that happens to be, is going to be it's going to blow everything away. Yeah, but yeah, they I think they have a well maybe I mean maybe you hope I don't know. It, I I I think they're long winded when they don't need to be, like Opus. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. some of the older Opeth stuff. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's great, but uh, I mean, I, I you can't, you don't want to say self-edit because, I mean, look at Deliverance. I mean, one of the best fucking progressive death metal songs that ever was released in the last yeah. three or four minutes is like, it's like one repeating mo- motif, you know? Right. Which is like my favorite in the world, but all right. And then Damnation is one of the boringest albums ever. Right? <laughs> I'm not going to go there, but... I went back and because I was listening to Opeth in November a little bit. Yeah, I cannot listen to Damnation. Damnation, really? No, it's not not good. All right, I'll take your word for it because I, I don't agree with that. He, his mellow stuff got better, like on Ghost Reveries and stuff. Oh yeah, way better than what he was trying to. The sort of weird mushy mush stuff he was doing on Damnation. 
So for me, number twelve is a band is an album that uh, has never left my rotation, uh, even after the singer left the band. Uh, the new Allegion, uh, Damnum. It's a damn near perfect album. Um, it's it's really one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, the the heavy to the to the light to the acoustic stuff. Everything about that album is so well written. And I, Riley McShane's vocals are really the star on this album. I'm really looking forward to what he does next because his clean vocals. When he started doing more clean vocals. It works so damn well. I don't think I, I don't know if I really gave this album a shot. I know I listened to it, but um, you looked confused when I started talking about you. Like, huh? Well, I, I was just trying to remember. I was just trying to remember anything from it. And I was just like, oh, I know I listened to this. Yeah, probably one of those records that got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? We're at number eleven for me. This is um, something I've gone back a lot to over this past year. Um, it's one of the best. It's one of my favorite albums of the year, but it's at, it's sitting here at number 11 because there was definitely things that recently have overtaken it. Um, the album is called Aloner from Hangman's Chair. Now, uh, these guys have have carved out their own special, like, like lo-fi doomy niche uh very very reminiscent of like the cure and like 80s like you know shoegaze type stuff but uh very spacey you know um what i'm not a guitar player so the like a lot of guitar effects like the reverb and all that kind of stuff it's just well-written songs it's it's just it, it it healed my heart this year because it was just, you know it's you don't you think it's it's sad and whatever but no it was just that album that I needed at, at this time this past year you know yeah and uh, I know it's been on a lot of top ten lists which from what I've seen but it's really really good I really cannot recommend Hangman's Chair alone or more than I can who's in this band it was um uh, wasn't it someone notable. Um, not confused? really. Am I confusing it? Okay, yeah. Um, they've they're a, they're a French band, I believe. Yeah, it was on um, my it was on my list, and I would every whenever I play through that list, it would go through it, and I'd be like, oh, this is an interesting band. Yeah, they've this is maybe their sixth full length. The last yeah. one was like in twenty eighteen. So I think that um, uh, the 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 cut from eleven to ten. Yep, is always a hard cut. Well, at least for me, it's a hard cut because ten is right. I focus on ten. Yeah, but that's always the one. It's just like, well, the top because yeah, I because my top because top ten I always view like whenever I look at someone's list, the one I'm the things I'm concerned about the most is the top ten. Like, okay, what were your ten? Right. And I I want to know what it was. So it's always that that decision to make that and cut that eleventh one. It's um, hard. Yeah. I mean, I I couldn't cut the 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 next fifty. F- Five or whatever it was. <laughs> um, so we're we're at the point of the show, my friend. Uh, we're at number ten. Yeah. So I'm going to pass the ball over to you for your number ten. Uh, so my number ten was the Avatarium album. Oh, Death, where wow. is your sting? Which really snuck up on me. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, because I I I've enjoyed 
it, I mean, I got into the band because I think, as you mentioned a long time ago, that it was a side project of Lee Fedling. Yep. And that we, you know, and so you introduced me to it. I think, I think also, yeah, I can't remember how it was because I remember watching the music video. Anyway, they sounded way different back then. They did. And then when he left, like he left after the second album. Yep. Like I remember that that next album that came out I was like, oh, they're doing something a little different here, and then they just kept on increasing that difference a little bit more, getting away from that sort of doom oriented original um, adjacent style. Now they're it's very it's very much in that retro you know style but it's like 70s it's like 70s retro yeah rock but still sort of doomy at the same time it's almost like they took that that original style they had and just sort of merged it with like 70s influences like especially like the stuff i heard in this new album is like fleetwood mac i was gonna say fleetwood mac yeah and and i knew you were gonna be into that and so it it really was like a breath of fresh air when i listened to it i I remember the first time i listened to it i was like that um, is something I didn't know I really wanted to listen to right now, but I and I played it again. Yeah, and then like over the next few days, I just kept going back to it, and I was like, "This, I, I think I really, really like this album." Um, it's she's such a great vocalist. Uh, I can't remember her name. <laughs> I always forget her name. I want to say Jeanette Scherf, but she's from Dawn of Destiny. Um, but she is a, a fantastic singer. Kind of has a smoky. Um, Jenny Ann Smith. Jenny Ann Smith, like this really smoky, rich voice and stuff. Yeah, and it's like it's really kind of like a, like a like a haunted voice. Um, and just the songwriting that they built around her this time, where it's like it's vocal melody driven. Um, there's a lot of like major key kind of bright choruses and stuff. Yeah. I really, really found myself just like addicted to this record and i yeah and and when i was putting my list together i was like yeah i don't know how i'd be able to exclude that album it's not really a metal album but it's okay you know it's like hard i would say it's it's somewhere between like doomy hard rock it's all in that same era that area that's fine yeah and and there's a lot of those doom bands like there's people were talking about mesa earlier this year i'm like oh let's put it on top i listened to that i'm like oh that's i think that's something along the lines you're just talking about it's female fronted uh, sort of lo-fi-ish doom metal. I think you would actually enjoy that band too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's so many elements that, they, like you know, you said like uh, Fleetwood Mac, but they also had like, like the guitar tones were like, you know, kind of deep purple, Coverdale era, yeah. deep purpley. Oh yeah. And just little things I was like finding, and 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 uh, when I, it was definitely. I'll say this: it was the most unexpected album on my list because I didn't foresee that being like. Because I just thought, oh, I listen to it and I'd enjoy it, and I wouldn't consider it, or it wasn't going to be like a serious thing. Sure. Just like, oh, just on the side, I'll listen to this, and then I was just like, no, I kind of really, really love this album, and yeah. So yeah, that's number ten. Wow. Yep. I wasn't expecting that one, but yeah. here, here's where it gets good. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for my number ten? Yeah. My number ten is another band that was brought to my attention by Christian, I believe. It's they are the epitome. They, they are one. They are. I want to do this. Is one of my favorite symphonic death doom bands. And I know when I say symphonic, I don't mean this is the death doom band that has elements and keyboard flourishes. No, this is full on cinematic symphonic death doom metal. Um, this is Abyssic with brought forth iniquity in iniquity in, in, in iniquity. Huh. That's hard to say. Um, it's 
there's not a lot of bands doing symphonic death doom. Uh, like I said, not just adding little extra keyboard parts, but this is it's a full-on element of the band. We played them on the show, right? We have played them on the show before, okay, and I was playing yeah. them a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, I go back to this album so much. It's People are talking about Dream Unending and all that kind of stuff in this sort of genre. Abyssic is not getting any... They're not getting enough mention in in what they're doing this year uh, for that for that style, and I really really am in love with this album, this band. They're so great. There's a lot of that going around this year. Like, well, I mean, I haven't really taken, I haven't really looked at a lot of other people's lists because I just finished mine, so I'm gonna start looking at them this weekend or whatever. But um, there's a lot of bands that are that I've. I really they're on my list that aren't getting the sort of they're not even being reviewed at Metallum put it that way yep and I think a lot of the reason I might I when I first heard this band I didn't realize it but I think going back to it one of the reasons why I like this band it features former members of Susperia oh okay yeah hmm. uh, the drummer I believe the guitar player um, so it was multiple people that used to be in that band yeah so highly highly recommend checking out Abyssic Cool. All right. Um, when are we going to uh, do another break for? Because my my number seven, we can take a quick break. Okay. So, what's your number nine? Uh, number nine for me was Oceans of Slumber, Starlight, and Ash. Um, and this is a real surprise for me for them to be on this list because I I think people listening to this podcast know I've been pretty critical of their last few albums. Actually, I, I would say I've been pretty critical of them throughout their entire career because I always felt like they could do more than what they were doing and they did it on this album yeah and and i and again it's not hating on their their previous style but i felt like on their last album which was the self-titled one i think yep though it came out in 2020 you know that album bad timing too yeah but that album had a couple songs where it was really just cami oriented yeah and i was like oh that's what they should be doing. That's what that's, they've been wanting this entire time. That's what they've been wanting to do. Um, and this album, let, let me. I'm just going to spoil it right here. Uh, <laughs> Ocean of the Slumber, Starlight and Ash was my number eight. Yeah. So um, the major shift in in their music style was a huge step in the right direction. They, I've spoken to you know both everybody in the band. They this was a, they wanted to. Uh, you know, move forward and focus on Cammy as a vocalist. Uh, I spoke to Dauber at March, uh, the, the Hell's Heroes that we had, and he was talking to me about the album before it came out, and he was like, I, he was really nervous about it. He wasn't sure what people were going to think about it, but um, it's, it's, it's doomy, bluesy, like, Louisiana Bayou style music and their tag that they came up for it Southern Gothic fits Southern Gothic so per- and I mean I think that's a great marketing phrase but I also think that actually musically it makes sense because th- there are tinges of gothicness in here yep. but the, th- the thing that I really loved about that I was really impressed by and I'll give them a ton of credit for this like okay so the waters uh, the water rising that song it has this kind of like electronic throbbing pulse that runs underneath all the instrumentation. And like the instrumentation is very like bluesy oriented, kind of like jazzy feel like Dauber's, you know, fills are very jazzy oriented. Yeah. The guitars are bluesy and stuff. And it's got this R and B quality to it. Well, if you think about his fills in, in that aspect, he's been doing that in brutal death metal for years and years. Those, 
those those jazzy interludes and and, and yeah. stuff like that. To so. hear them do that without the aggression is very interesting, though. But to hear like them mix all those organic sounds with this kind of electronic throbbing pulse underneath on that song. That song was on my best songs of the year too. The water's rising. The water's rising. And my my favorite track is the shipbuilder song. Uh, that's a great song. That's. They they both asked me what's your favorite song and it just comes up right away and I love the uh, House of the Rising Sun cover they did yeah I, that's one of my favorite songs of all time that was a, that was a cool cover um, everything all their original stuff smoked it though oh yeah so. for sure and and so it, it, I was about to ask you you think do they even need to do the cover but well yeah, I think they did in a way I think it's cool they always do covers like that I think yeah. the covers are really interesting but. I mean, what I think they accomplished on this album was they actually create a, a, a picture of, like, where they are. Like, this, this band lives in Houston, and this album, when I hear it, it reminds me of Houston. It reminds me of, like, the South. And, like, here, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the first season of True Detective, which is set in, like, coastal Louisiana. Yeah. One of the characters was an agent in Houston. And it, it reminds me of this feel, of this kind of swampy, muggy. You know what? They city. They vibe. haven't created uh an they've not only created a new brand for themselves, they've created a brand new genre. Well, I think maybe a genre that only they are qualified to fill mm. because I think that her voice yes is is the is central to it because she has that kind of bluesy R and B quality to her to her singing. I saw I, I, I saw them open up for Sewin on the tour uh last month phenomenal they did a stripped down uh show i don't know if we talked about that on the show did have we talked about it yet yeah we did so like dauber was playing piano only and it was really to feature cammy and samir was on you know playing bass but they brought in a, a guitar uh accompanist with a local guy when they played houston but man phenomenal they i mean you know they it's not that their metal stuff was bad but i but i you know going back to that 2020 album I just felt like they had said everything they could possibly say at at the time on that like with that style, and I was just kind of bored with it. And it was just like, you know, you don't really need the death metal vocals when you have a singer that strong, and you don't really need the aggression sometimes. And and I I don't know, I just I, maybe I was really harsh on them at the. I remember I was really critical on that album. This album just blew me away. I did not expect it to be this. Good. I didn't expect it to like for you to like this as much as you did. And and you know I I mean I'm I try to be really honest. Like if I have yeah. a problem with like an Iron Maiden album, you're gonna know about it. They're my oh, favorite yeah. band of all time. Okay, Iron Maiden's my favorite fucking band of all time. And I did not like Sinjitsu. <laughs> okay, yeah. I had a problem with Oceans of Slumber. All these albums before, but they totally delivered on this one. I mean, easily one of the best albums of the year. It, there's nothing else out there that sounds like it, and I hope they keep doing this. For God's sakes, don't change right now. You got something good going. Next album, just keep doing what you're doing, you know, and uh, you'll be fine. <laughs> very, very, very true. Um, so that was my number eight. So we skipped my number eight because that's the same as your number nine. Oh, right. So for my number nine, um, this is one of my favorite prog bands of all time. Uh, they're British. Uh, the new album is called Dividing Line Threshold. Put out this new album. I sort of, I listened to it once and I sort of put it on the back burner for a while, but I've revisited it recently. And oh my God, they always put out a phenomenal song that I cannot stop listening to. Um, it's my, my favorite track. I'm going to get to it. 
is um hold on one second. Is this band British? They are British. Okay. Well, of course. Uh they mixed, you know, they're very very proggy, but they they mix a lot of keys and stuff that are not just accompanying stuff, but it's part of an it's actual part of the band, you know what I mean? Um, Silenced is the track that I'm talking about off this album. It uh, there's something about this song that's so haunting and so good. It reminds me of something else that I've not been able to put my finger on quite yet. Um, I'm, I'll let you listen to it, and I want to get your opinion. See if if you can see what I'm see what I'm hearing because it reminds me of something else that I've heard before in my life. I just can't figure it out, but. Um, yeah, Silenced, it's such a good album. And I think, uh, yeah, it's on my, my list to play. All right. So you want to get into that? Yeah. Let's get into it. This is uh, from the brand new, not sort of brand new, but <laughs> the new uh, Threshold album, Dividing Lines. We're getting into a song called Silenced. We'll be right back. Not being silenced. You cannot silence me. Silenced a million spoken voices Their choices stolen without violence Stopped by unrelenting forces Who never saw their worth Who never saw their souls as they were
welcome back to the show, my friends. Our 2022 annual rewind of our favorite albums from last year. Uh, we just heard something from Threshold from the album Dividing Lines. The song was called Silenced. You cannot silence me anymore because we actually played that song last episode. <laughs> and I really like that fucking song. So guess what? We're playing it. Um, what'd you think of that song? Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what, maybe I was just hearing the wrong part or something, but I thought it sounded like something from Queensryche's Promised Land, at least that little bit that you were mentioning, but, hmm. um, Interesting. Yeah. I don't I don't know. It did sound very Queensryche-y to me. Okay. I can, I can see that a little bit maybe, yeah. but yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of that band Threshold. Um, so... That's my number nine. We've already gotten to my number eight. Mm-hmm. So we're at number seven now, right? So we're going to get to, we'll get up to number five. And uh, what I want to do, I want to talk about. We're at my number eight. Yeah, we're number, you're number eight. Then. Yeah. And once we get to both of our fives, I want to talk about uh, in, a little in memoriam from this past year. And then maybe what we're looking forward to. And then we're going to finish up with our top five. So with that being said, you're number eight, good sir. Um, this was a band I had mentioned earlier in the year or middle of the year. It's a Finnish uh, atmospheric black metal band called Ein Vichy. And they had an album called uh, Yo, Kul- Yo Kulje Kan Kansani. Yo Kulje, is that what you said? O Kulje Kansani. Huh. Um, I know you mentioned this band before, but I don't think I ever listened to it. Yeah, they uh, this record, man. I I could not stop listening to this record, and it, it was um, the thing about this record that was because it, it's atmospheric black metal. Always try it tends to try to be very grand and like um, epic sounding, and this was kind of the inverse of that. It was very intimate sounding and very in, you know like introspective. Sure, and it was um, a lot of jangly strumming kind of guitars. Oh, really? Not acoustic guitars, but just like. You could tell they were just kind of. It's almost like they grew up listening to like Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream, and like old Cranberries records, and which stuff. all that stuff is like direct from like the '60s jangly right. guitar sound, you know? Yeah, and, and they they took that approach and merged it with like black metal. So there are waves of like How black, do you, black metal tremolo guitar. Can and, you, you know, spell the band name for everybody? It's E E I N V I G I. Ein Vigi. Yeah, okay. and um, they, it, it was such a creative sound, and it was, like, it, you know, there were parts of it that were just like, um, yeah, it was almost like I was listening to like alternative rock, but there was, you know, they had that crunch, that black metal distortion going on at the same time, either underneath it or over the top, and um, it was such a pretty and emotional album, and I could listen to it when it was like sunny out, I could listen to it when it was, and I was like nighttime, and I wasn't like, you know making a very dark mood or whatever <laughs> and it was it was such a i don't know it's like for, yep. there was like a, a span of like a month there where i would listen to it every day wow and i it just never left my consciousness and when i i knew that it was going to end up being on the list like even way back then when it was released and i was just like this album is just phenomenal there was a honestly there was a time when i thought it'd be number one i, I loved it that much i was like i was like i've listened to this album like every day for the past month this has to be number one you know, and, and so the fact that it's at number eight, it doesn't speak against it. There's nothing wrong with the album. It's just that there's so many other things. I have not uh, heard this yet, so um, 
it's not I'm not gonna go listen to it and like overtake anything, but I it sounds very interesting to me. I can I definitely want to check it out. It's got yeah, and, and what I really like it's got such a like a nostalgic quality to sure. it, you know. If you grew up listening to like rock in the nineties, like alternative rock in the nineties, there's like a little bit of that touchstone for you there too, you know. So I did. I did a little bit. I don't I don't know as much as maybe you because you're a little bit younger than me, but um all right, so that's number eight for you. I've already, you know my eight was was Oceans of Slumber. You want to, I'll go number seven. Number seven for me, uh, another late album that came out later in the year, uh, November, I, sh- I think. Uh, November 4th, yeah. Uh, the album is called I Am from Disillusion. This is... One of my favorite progressive melodic death metal albums from this past year. If you're a fan of Subterranean Masquerade, um, Opus, that type of stuff, uh, I think you'd really dig the new Disillusion. Um, I didn't realize they put an album out in 2019, but I, I was a big fan of them back in the early 2000s. Um, I have their first two promos i i found them the other day which is surprising when i was cleaning up i'm like oh look there's my disillusion promos uh and you know the last album they put out 26 2006 was gloria which is great and then they were on a hiatus for like 13 or 14 years you know yeah because because that name like when you just said that name i was like what like that like because i thought that was a band like that's an old band it is and um, I didn't. I had no idea they even came back. I had no idea this album even came out. Honestly, uh, they're a German band, uh, I believe. But uh, man, they're just—they write such high-quality, mellow, melodic, progressive death metal stuff. It's hmm. th- when I listen to it, like the first band that I can think of is Subterranean Masquerade. Yeah, because it's—it's it's just along those lines, man. Um, and I would like to play something from them in the show later, but I don't want to uh, jump into it quite yet. I want you to hear them. Cause I think you would actually really dig this album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Disillusion. The album is called I Am, A-Y-A-M. Uh, man, if you are if you like progressive melodic death metal, um, subterranean masquerade, like I said, Opeth, things like that. So this is their first album since 2006? No, 2019 they put oh, an album out, okay. which I didn't even realize they did. Uh, so I'm going to have to go back and check that out now, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's my number seven. What's your uh, number six? Uh, no, my, my seven. Your seven. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, seven is, um, for me, is uh, Dawn of Destiny of Silence. How did I know that? Um. You know, and the th- the funny thing is, like, yeah, Dawn and Destiny, they just don't know how to put out a bad album. I mean, they're just, and, and you know, the last, but I will say this, the last album the, of theirs that was on my top 10 list was way back in 2014 was the Fear, um, yeah. the album where it had that, that get John Oliva song on there. Um, so the last two albums they've done. So no been, John Oliva song on this album? No. Not no. worth it. But the but the last two they've done were, you know, pretty good records. This one is a legitimately great record. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, it, and Dawn of Destiny sounds like Dawn of Destiny, and not a lot of people know what they sound like. So people should go check them out because maybe the most underrated band in like I wouldn't even say they're power metal. They're just they're kind of like just melodic heavy metal, some power metal tinges, but they're they got they got a little bit of like sentenced and Charon to their sound. It's like a little dark and really? melancholy and stuff. And there's a song on here called um, 
little uh, was it little flower? It's uh, it's on my it, it it was my second best song of the year, and there's not a single weak song in this album. It was just such a tremendous front to back great record. I mean, you know, people just need to give this band a chance because no one really talks about. Them I ever. haven't heard it. Is there? Are we playing a song from it? We well, we played Little Flower like like two episodes ago. Yeah. yeah. Or three episodes ago, or something like that. Yeah, um, I, I do. I do remember that now. I don't remember why I never went and listened to the full album. Yeah, and you know, in in the the main songwriter in this band, Jens uh, Faber, he has that side project with Henning Bassett that we were talking about last time, uh, Legions of the Night. Oh yeah, and that was a good record too. That's the, and that's I didn't know about that until the Sabotage you, Worship record. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And when you had pointed out to me, and you're like, "Oh, this record's that's really right." Good. You did mention that's and the I was guy like, for Don of Destiny. Like Don of Destiny. I was like, "Oh, it's the same goddamn guy." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. So he, he's just on a roll, man. Very very cool. I'm gonna have to check that out for sure. For sure. Um, where are we at? We're why number uh, six. Six. Yeah. Um, this is uh, a band we mentioned earlier. Uh, we we've, we've played something. Oh, we talked about another one of his projects that came out this year. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Wolfheart, King of the North. Um, vicious fucking melodic death metal. Uh, they do not disappoint. Uh, my favorite track is Ancestor with Jesse Leach. I'm like, that's not going to work. Guy, the guy from Kill Switch. Why? Yeah. What? Man, I wish he was a full time member of the fucking band. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, it was a good track. That was a good song. It's a uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it's my favorite Wolfheart album, but it I'm gonna say it it it, it, it it's that scratch that I was uh looking for, that melodic death metal from this album. And I've been looking forward to seeing them live for the past couple of years with the whole pandemic shit. And they're coming back on a tour, so I'm excited for that. Um yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Wolfheart. I'm a big fan of of all, you know, Tomas's projects that he does, you know. I'm looking forward to Before the Dawn coming up yeah. sometime this year. Um, yeah, one of my favorite, uh, one of a one of my favorite living legends right now for sure. He's definitely prolific. Yes, for <laughs> sure, definitely prolific. That's a great, great term. Awesome. Uh, so my number six is uh, the the new Therion album, Leviathan Two. Number six. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, now now I'm really confused. No, I mean, and, and and there's no again. There's so much competition this year. It was yeah. they, this. So they're doing this trilogy. Leviathan's supposed to be like revisiting their old classic styles and sort of diving into that world again. This is the part of the trilogy that focuses on their melancholic, more soft side that they oh, okay. were, that they really did a lot in the late '90s. Yeah, and it they, they like that Lemuria and that type of that era. Uh, no, more like Vovin and okay. um De- and Dejil, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, are those albums? And it, they just nailed. They, they, he really knows what he's doing when it terms, what comes to like looking back at what classic theory on sound like and sort of going towards that. And what I like about it is that it does. It's not a copycat. It's like in the process of doing that, of going back in time and trying to emulate a, a, a previous style that they had, they find a way to make it fresh and do something different with it. And they've done that here. And this album, the reason why I love this album so much is it reminds me of like all the gothic symphonic metal I used to listen to in like the late '90s, early 2000s. Like Tristania and all that type like, of stuff. Like like Cordova and Dreams of Sandy. All these obscure kind of <laughs> Euro bands that like no one remembers anymore. Nope. 
and it's just like that stuff I remember just loving so much even though if you go back and listen to it it's all pretty terrible but I I I have such nostalgia for it yeah. and this album really reawakened that nostalgia and their songwriting here is so great and, the, and no one does like beautiful like ear candy better than Therion I'm convinced and and this album is just full of it and you know Leviathan 1 was my album of the year last year it, it was, was the very top of the list that album really um, it made the top of the list because they did something new with vocalists in in their in for the first time in that band. What this album does so well, it doesn't really use the vocalist thing that much, but it uses like gothic metal as like a touchstone for how they were supposed to go back to their melancholic roots, sort of. And and I don't know, I just thought it was brilliant. And I am a homer for Therion. I'll admit, I mean, I'm a fanboy. So you, call it, you say a homer. Yeah, Homer, you know, like you're a Homer for like, you know, you defend your sports team no matter all the I've bad I've never heard that term made. before. Yeah, it's just... It's, it's like know. a Simpsons saying? Or? No, it's like a sports sports radio thing. You Homer? Know? Yeah. Like you're a I've Homer. never heard that. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll admit like, Ethereon, it's hard for them to do wrong yeah. for me, but... Yeah. Again, there's a reason why they're here. I have some. I have some bands like that. I mean, Therion's one of my favorite bands of all time. So is Blind Guardian. Yeah. But there's a reason why Therion's in the list and Blind Guardian's not. And so it's it's deserved, I would say. Yeah. So we're about to be number five for both of us. Is that correct? Yeah. Did you want to play something right now? Then we're going to take a quick break, play a track. Yeah. And then come back and talk about the memoriam and what we're looking forward to, and then we'll finish up with our top five. Yeah. Sure. What do you want to do? Let's. Are you playing a song? Am I playing? No, you're playing a song now. Um, I tell you what, let's do something from that Therion album. Um, let's do Cavern Cold as Ice because that was also on my best songs list, too. So, Cavern Cold as Ice, yes. You can hear me typing as I do this. Let's get into it. All right. I don't think I've heard this track yet. So this is going to be Therion from what Leviathan 2. Yeah. Or, or sorry, II. II. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is Cavern Cold as Ice. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the show. Uh, what were we listening to? No, with your pick. No, it's Therion. That's right. Therion. Cavern cold as ice. Yeah. Because she's willing to sacrifice. Um, real, yeah. I mean, that track is a perfect example of that gothic metal thing I was talking about. Those kind of, uh, that touchstone they, they use to like reintroduce this melancholic sound. Yeah, I, I, I just love Therion. So yeah, they're number six for me. You, you can fanboy. It's, it's totally okay. Yeah. Um, I want to take a moment now and uh, just talk about In Memoriam a little bit um, of some famous musicians that are that passed away this past in this in the year of 2022. Um, so first of all, uh, Burke Shelley, the vocalist and bassist of Budgie, passed away in January 10th. Um, we we have to say. In January twentieth, uh, we lost Michael Lee a day, better known as Meatloaf, died from complications of COVID. Uh, father-in-law to Scott Ian from Anthrax. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He married his daughter Pearl a day. Right. Um, f- former guitar player from Dark Tranquility, Frederick Johansson, passed away at forty-seven. Um, this one is, is is very big. February first, we lost Johnny Z, John Zazula, co-founder of Megadeth Records. Um, you know, discovered Metallica, got Anthrax their first start. Very important to the legend of heavy metal right Megaforce now. Megaforce Records. Megaforce Records. Right. That's correct. His wife uh, passed away a few years before, and I have his book. John Zazula put a book out a couple years ago. It's really good. Hmm. Um, former guitar player of Dying Fetus and Misery Index, Bruce Gregg, tie, uh, passed away in February. Um, I'm trying to, I don't want to forget anybody. I don't, if I did forget anybody, I apologize. Uh, former session drummer of Coheed and Cambria, Taylor Hawkins passed away at the age of 50. That's what the, that's the wiki says. Better known maybe for being in some small band called Foo Fighters. Yeah. Yeah. Which was amazing. Like all the tribute shows they did for him. Did you watch any of that stuff? I saw clips of it, yeah. Oh my God. It was just, it was legendary. Yeah. Some of that stuff they just did. Um, Ronnie Dio, Dio, not Dio, a former bass player from Incantation, uh, died in April uh basis of autograph if you remember that band very well uh randy rand april 26 um former former drummer of spinal tap rick parnell also known as mick shrimpton passed away for real and not like the movies where he just exploded right <laughs> um trevor this one's a big one may 11th trevor strand strand Strad, I can never say his name. Stranad, mm. uh, vocalist from the Black Dahlia Murder, died at the age of forty-one. Yeah, way too fucking young, man. Um, another band that I used to really like was Nemec and Scar. Have you ever heard those two bands? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, the former uh, vocalist Yom Bideu, uh died at the age of forty-four. Wow. He was a great vocalist too. Um. Let's see here. Uh, I guess for, the former bass player from Bon Jovi passed away. Um, Andrew Labar, former vocalist for Boast and guitarist of Boast Impaled and Ghoul, 
died at the age of 43. Uh, former um, founding member and former guitarist of Nazareth, Manny Charlton, passed away at the age of 80. That's a good life, right? 80? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Steve Grimmett, this is a big one. August, vocalist of Grim Reaper, passed away. Uh, let's see here. Uh, going into September, David Anderson, guitar player from Soilwork and multiple other projects like Night Flight Orchestra and stuff, passed away at the age of 47. Yeah. That's it just album just came out a few months before. Right. That's really sad. And man, I'm older than him now. I'm older than 47. That's really scary. Um, band called Diecast, you remember them? Passed away. Paul Stoddard, the vocalist. Um... And uh, former vocalist from Nazareth, Dan McCaffrey, also passed away. So, um, and right in December, I didn't know this, but uh, Ben Hellion, former guitar player from Nocturnal Breed, died, passed away by suicide, which sucks. Yeah. We're not, and we're just talking about metal stuff here. We're not right. talking about anything that's pop culture related, that type of stuff, but. Uh, um, we could talk about bands that reformed this year. Uh, Biohazard reformed. Cold Chamber reformed oh, for, yeah. some, for some reason. Right. Divine Heresy reformed. Gate to Vishtar reformed for a good fucking reason because they're amazing. Uh, God forbid. Northern Kings. Uh, they say Pantera reformed, but I don't know if that's more of a reform or more of a tribute. Yeah. I've seen videos that Charlie has put out, and it looks cool. Right. But I'm not going out of my way to see it, because I know they're going to be playing with Metallica in, like, Dallas or something like that, but I'm sure tickets are going to be really fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. Stadium show, yeah. So let's look at uh, let's look forward to 23. Is there anything you're looking forward to coming up in, ni- in 2023? The, well, the Insomnium album looks like it'll be cool. Yes, the artwork looks cool. And I was, Have you oh. heard any of the tracks yet? No, I'm not. I don't want to listen to anything. The track with the singer from Rotting Christ, hmm. it's pretty cool. Okay, it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Insomnium, and then I guess I am now very curious about this In Flames album. If I have to be honest with myself, yeah, yeah. There's a new uh, Obituary album coming out. Uh, a new Atrocity album. The new Catatonia comes out in January. Riverside, uh, Twi- Twilight Force, Ablaze My Sorrow. I love those guys. Riverside will be interesting. Yeah. Atrocity will be interesting just because I'm always so impressed that they keep that project going. Mm-hmm. You know, so. The New Memoriam comes out in February, which I've heard the promo, and they do a track uh, about the Holocaust, which I thought was really cool. Hmm. So Never Forget, Never Something, Six Million. It's really, it, I, I've, I'm cool they did that. Uh, Inflamed, yeah, Foregone comes out. And uh, February 10th. Oh, look, Wigwam has a new album coming out. The yeah. the band that got popular from Peacemaker. Right, yeah, yeah. Which I really dig that band a lot, yeah. truthfully. Uh, are you a fan of Avatar? Uh, I wouldn't say a fan, but I think they're interesting. Which Okay, this is the weird thing. So the last cruise we went on, which is in October, we went on a carnival. And there's not a lot to choose from on the channels. And there's like one music channel and it's usually stuff like they'll play like the Macarena and like weird country shit. And then there'll be like a Janet Jackson song every once in a while and stuff like that. But 
we're flipping through it one time and we were getting ready for dinner. I'm like, what is this? This sounds pretty heavy. It was Avatar. Hmm. I'm like, what the hell? What's yeah. going on here? Yeah. It was not that bad. That's all, I'm, that's all I got to say about that. Um, looks like Robin McAuley has a live album. Uh, Hell Ripper. Insomnium, yeah, Anno, 1696. Uh, Heidevolk has a new album coming out. In March, Enslaved and Hiken have an album out on the same day, which is going to be cool. Uh, and then uh, the next week, we have Frozen Crown and Isole have a new album out in Arnia. Isole, Isol, I can never uh, pronounce their name very well. Um, great fucking, uh, you know, epic doom metal band, if you ever heard them. Right. Yeah. I hope that Frozen Crown album's good. Yep. I, you know, I love Frozen Crowns. And that last one was, ugh, not that good. Um, what else is coming out? Uh, some crap is coming out. Uh, Flor Janssen has an, uh, an album coming out. Neobla Viscaris has an e- album. Uh, um, Power Wolf, another one already? Yeah, wow. Elven King? Yeah, there's a bunch of bands that have albums uh, that they're working on. I'm looking forward to the new Anthrax, um, the new Enslaved. Uh, and this is a bunch of different stuff coming out. Um, I want to know who the new Fear Factory vocalist is. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, Panzer working on an album, which is really cool. Uh, apparently, Suicidal is in the studio right now. They might be doing multiple albums. Maybe Suicidal Tendencies and like an Infectious Groove album. I don't mm. know. We'll, f- we'll go from there. Is there any uh, concerts you're looking forward to in 23? Uh, I mean, the Halloween one is the big one. That's the only yep. one I've really uh, pinned down. Um, no, I'm just kind of keeping it open. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to go to next. Um, I definitely skipped a lot recently, so mm-hmm. I, I feel like the urge to come to go and see something soon is, is coming. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. We'll see. I know the, um, insomnium and slave tour. I really want to do Halloween. Of course, I've already bought tickets for that. And then Hammerfall before that, um, there's something else I can't think about what it was. I, I don't remember. There's another a big show that I wanted. Oh, the the Gaira Gaira, Justin's favorite band is touring. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff coming. Queensrÿche's coming at some point here. Queensrÿche is coming the same show. night as another show. Oh, okay. In Houston. Yeah. I can't remember what it is though. We'll have to look that up. But all right, going away from that, uh, let's get back into our top albums. Um, who did the last one? Was it you or me? Uh, me. It was me, you. So, number we're at number five. We're at number five. Number five. Um, this is something I, I we played on the show recently, and for me, it's the epitome of modern doom metal in America and or anywhere. Um, it was a project that was put together uh, in 2020 to sort of, you know, fight, you know, they wanted to put something together during the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Features members from Daylight Dies. And, uh, of course, I'm talking about the band 2020. Or if you want to say MMXX, if you want to. Mm, Uh, The album is called Sacred Cargo. And holy crap. I love this album, dude. Um, It's... 
every song on there. It's really great. They have um, amazing fucking guest vocalists on this album. Uh, everyone from Miko from uh, from To All the Sun, you Mick Moss from Antimatter. Um, you have fucking the legendary Dan Swano, uh, one of my favorite tracks on the album. Uh, Aaron Steinhorp from My Dying Bride, a singer from Daylight Dies, uh, just so many good performers on this album. It's just an amazing album. Uh, the vocal from The Foreshadowing, if you remember that band. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. Uh, this is put out by Candlelight, so it's sort of like, to me, it's the epitome of doom metal, modern doom metal. There's, there's slow you know funeral doom slow slowiness to it there's epic brightness to it there's gut-wrenching just heartache on this album it's just one of my favorite albums of this year and it's it's weird because it's more of a project right yeah but i i I don't look at it that way it's just it's just one of my favorite albums that came out this year and it came out in november so and i cannot stop listening to it i'll be honest with you yeah all right, that's my number five. Uh, for me, uh, number five was, um, and I think you already mentioned it earlier in your honorable mentions, but it was Gladdenfold uh, Nemesis. Yes. Um, man, this was, yeah, this was one of those records that was just like, they, you know, taking two styles that, yeah, a lot of bands try to merge together. None of them, or, or very few of them do it as well as this. I mean, it, it, it's such a... A natural kind of you know blending of these two styles. It's like putting peanut butter and chocolate together. Who would have thought that works? Right, it fucking does. Well, and and the, so it's the vocalist, um, this guy named Esco Itala. Mm-hmm. This guy, he is the. I think he's like the key to making this work. Yeah, because he he can go from like you know this kind of like rich, smooth, beautiful singing voice. There's a couple ballads on this album that yeah. are really good. It kind of has like a Roy Khan vibe going on. And then he can do like this great Melodeth growl, like a really legitimately great Melodeth. For me, growl. it's like combining Camelot with like uh, I want to say Omnium Gatherum. It's that yeah. style. Yeah, it's putting those two bands together into one project, and that's glad, glad and fold. Yeah, and and you know the thing is, when these types of when a band tries to do these types of things, where it's like blending two disparate styles, you always sometimes feel like. Oh, I like it better when they're more heavy, or I like it better when they're more melodic. Honestly, and with Gladdenfold, it didn't matter. It's like yep. they did everything so well, front to back. No weak songs in the album. Just one of those albums. I, I when I first caught wind of it, I was just like, I kept listening to it. I kept going back to it over and over again. And I, you know, even if I didn't, go, if I went a couple of weeks without listening to it, it would find my way back in my head, and I'd be like, I need to listen to that album again. And that's always a a sign to me that this yes. album's sticking with me. So. Yeah, um, yeah. Number five for good reason. Glad and fold. Very cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, for me, number four, this album came out in January of twenty twenty two, uh, and I've continued to go back to this album over and over and over. Progressive black Viking metal, uh, very influenced by like Bassery and stuff like that, which is usually not my my go to, but. Um, very interesting vocal delivery. Um, they don't take they, they they know what they want and they're just going to go for it. It checks all the boxes for me. Uh, the album is called Varg Timan. This is from Arab Altor. 
Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Which I just mentioned, the band Isole, who have a new album coming out. Yeah. It, it's most of the same members in the, both of those bands. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I knew when this album came out, I'm like, oh, this is going to be my top ten for the for the end of the year and i keep on going back to it it's just one of my favorite albums of the year yeah this was early in the year right very early it was like the first or second week of january and i remember listening to it and enjoying it but yeah man that was way back yeah yeah so you go uh arab altor and listen to it yep you do i think it's it's really good yeah it's a band i would love to fucking see live oh yeah that was your number four that's my number four uh so my number four is uh Sayor uh, Origins. Um, Shit. I, this was one of my most listened to albums of the year. Um, you, you know, you, you just said that band name. Yeah. And I forgot to put it on my list. <laughs> I, it's there because I, if you forgot, did it, did it deserve to be on there anyway? Well, I bought the vinyl. Oh, that's right. You did. I did. Um, but moving stuff around, it somehow got lost, lost, yeah. lost shit yeah no it, it, say or that honestly this was number one for a while in yeah my list but, i mean it, I, where i was convinced i was like well this is the most listened to album of the year i use i used that as a big metric when my stupid spotify thing came out you know <laughs> yeah. it, that this album with all the all of those tracks were on my most listened to things so i was like okay i mean this is a big sign and you know it, it it bows at number four because of the three albums I'm going to talk about next. But I'm excited. I'm excited now, dude. This album. I mean, it, it, what I love about it is how different it was from from Forgotten Paths uh, yep. three years ago, which was more earthen and warmth, warm and 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 really rootsy. Like this is folk. very. It's very cold and distant. Yeah, and and this one is very epic and expansive and grand and very like. He uses like this keyboard generated uh, bagpipe sound that's very like Highland Celtic feel. Sure, yeah, I can see that. And it just, it, man, he, it, he, I mean, uh, what's this guy? Andy Marshall. He's one of my favorite like composers in metal right now, just because of his how he can make. The one man project, isn't it? One man project. He does everything himself. But yeah, he makes. You know, these epic things where it's like he doesn't telegraph what he's doing. It just kind of naturally unfolds. And you're like, oh, shit, this is epic. And you didn't even realize he was heading in that direction. He's absolutely he's fucking brilliant, I think. So, yep. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I'm very upset with myself that he's not on my that it's not on my list. But yeah, I'm going to ride your coattails on that and agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Those are your number four, right? And number four. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number three. Uh, can you guess what it is? Here's, here's the part where you start guessing what my top albums are. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not any of the usual suspects. I, I know oh, that it might be. Um, oh, actually, you know what? Didn't Amorphous put out an album? They did. Year? Yeah, it's Amorphous. Number three is Amorphous Halo. <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> you did. It's not my favorite recent Amorphous album. Um, I, I really love Queen of Time. But uh, it's definitely in my top five amorphous albums. Um, they just, there's just, there's something about this band uh, in the past ten years, at least, like really since Under the Red Cloud, uh, maybe even before that. But man, they just, they know how to write quality fucking like mellow deaths, like finished mellow deaths, and they they have their own style and they're unmistakable and. Um, I, I fucking love the vocals from Tommy. Everything about I, I I just fucking love Amorphous and 
upset that I didn't, I didn't get to see him live last year. I'm just waiting for the next tour. But yeah, Amorphous Halo. Not my favorite album by them, but it's definitely high up for me this past year. Because I, I really did judge by how many times I listened to something. If I bought the vinyl, that type of stuff, that was part of my my uh, list. You know what I mean? You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Halo, I liked it more than the last one, but I Queen think, of Time. Yeah, I didn't. I did not like. I love. We've all. argued about that before, yeah. so it's okay. But I thought that there was enough of that. I I think that I don't know Halo. I I remember just being very underwhelmed with it, but I also didn't expect much after Queen of Time. You saw my the box set that I bought, right? Yeah, like Big the old box set of Halo. Yeah. You're like, what is that? Yeah, why does it take up like half your space? Um, <laughs> I I you know what I think it is. I think you and I are just diverging on Amorphous lately because sure. I I thought under the uh, Red Cloud was a masterpiece. That was my album of the year that year. Yeah, and then ever since then they have just like done, gone the opposite direction of what I. I don't even know what I want them to do, but whatever it is they're doing is is just for me. It's just not working with one or two because there was like a there was like a good song. Actually, this album was one of the ones where I thought there wasn't like a standout song on. Queen of Time had the duet with um, Annika. Yes, and that the, was a great the B. song. Um, Come on, that was okay. That was a good song too. I mean, this album had. Uh, let's see, uh, the Moon Halo is a great track. I mean, there's so many. There's really got a lot of good songs on this album. I don't think there was anything where I thought it was like bad on this album. It just didn't. It just nothing stood out okay. to me. Yeah. All right, I can I can see that. All right, so you're next. Uh, number three. Yes, sir. Uh, was uh, Manigarm, Yinglatin's uh, Ode. Wow. Yinglatin's Ode, Manigarm. Yeah. Um, Manigarm is an old folk metal band. Yes, if you followed is. folk metal, you've known about them for like you know decades at this point. Um, it sounds like Man in Arms, but it's not. Um, this is their best album, maybe in their career. Really? Yeah, and I I actually wanted to check that for myself because they have released some duds in the past like decade. So I went back and listened to the old stuff. Like, all right, I remember when I was first listening to folk metal, and like, no, this album smokes all that shit. Like, I mean, that that stuff was good in the old days. It didn't sound as good as this one does, and the the songwriting here, this album is like everything I want folk metal, the traditional folk metal, to sound like. I know there's newer folk metal that's different and stuff, yep. like you know, I mean, but this is traditional rootsy folk metal built on Scandinavian folk melodies, and it's heavy and it's like got that. It's what I really loved is that they kind of did away with a lot of the black metal type stuff they used to kind of foray in, and they just kind of stuck with like metal guitars this yep. time, and they mixed it with like really intelligent and and well crafted folk melodies, and the songs are, are so uh, I don't even know what the hell they're singing about. Like the one of the songs is on my uh, my best songs list in Snara of Gould, and it's like I went and read the lyrics, and it's about this woman getting revenge on this king for being forced to marry her or something so she like murders him or something and i was like yeah whatever i mean the song it just sounds like it sounds very emotive and it sounds like really heartbreaking and like it for metal to get to that point where it's very like powerful and emotional in that kind of way when you don't even know what the hell they're singing about it, this album is a masterpiece and not a lot of people are giving it the attention it it deserves i think so um, i i I think it was on my my list at one point to listen to, and it just never happened. 
it, this is easily, I would say this, it's easily the best traditional folk metal album, I think, in the past decade. Wow. All right. Very high praise. I'm going to have to check it out. Uh, we're at number two for me. Yeah. Do you know, can you guess what this is? Um, well, there was nothing that Arion released this year that I could... But was there? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> is it Arion? No, it's not Arion. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm... I'm you already picked Devin. It's uh, Arjen Lukensen Star One. Oh, okay. No, well, I should have just I should have just said Arjen actually. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm a sucker for Arjen. Uh, I'm a sucker for sci-fi songs, and I'm a sucker for Dan Swan when he's singing about right. the movie Ground- Groundhog Day. Yeah. So it the- checks all those boxes. <laughs> right. Uh, this is your theory on pick. This is like the fanboy pick. This right? is my fanboy pick for pick. sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Star One. Revelant time. Uh, it's not as heavier as some of the previously released Star One albums, and the start the first Star One album that was four vocalists only, right? This one is a wide range of different vocalists, so that was a little off putting at first. But I mean, when there's songs about Interstellar, which is really great, the song about Groundhog Day, Today is Yesterday. Um, songs about fucking bill and ted's excellent adventure with the guy from um oh what's the name of that band a rock band um they put on a new mouth okay so what it is right now um having a brain fart i'm sorry but uh yeah man you know i'm a i'm a huge fan i love star one i love are, anything are you, are you giving it marks for the concept or the for the execution both okay both yeah I like the last, you know, I mean, the last Arion album I wasn't really that huge of a fan of, but, uh, what you was know. that one? Uh, what was that one called? Transitus? Yeah, that was not good. I mean, there's good elements on it, but, like, Cammy is phenomenal on that album, um, which is weird. I got Cammy to sign my, uh, my, my deluxe CD version, so now I have Cammy and Arion's signature on it, which is pretty huh. cool. But yeah, uh, I, I really love this new Star One album. If you uh, are a fan of his songwriting and uh, sci-fi songs, I think you'll dig it. I'll be honest with you. I didn't expect this album to be on your top 10. Really? Because you you actually really didn't talk about it that much after it came out. Oh, I listened to it a lot. And, and because you didn't talk about it, I guess, to us, I kind of felt like uh, he must feel the same way he felt about Transitus a little bit. Where it's like, all right, you know, he came out and that's well, so don't I'm, get. I'm a little surprised. I I do like. Okay, don't get me wrong. I I do like Transitus. People are like, oh, you, you hate that album? No, 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 not true. Um, I do, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. All right, so. <laughs> I mean, hate to disappoint you there, it's buddy. A, it's okay to admit that you don't like an album by, like, uh, like transit. You know, like transitus. Like, if you don't like an album by a band that you love, yeah, I guess. Um, apparently, uh, they're saying that the reason why there was different vocalists was just the the travel restrictions that were happening during right. after COVID and all that. I mean, you have amazing vocalists on this album. Britney Slays is on it. Russell Allen. Uh, Roth Jennings and Michael Mills, Toehider, together on a track. It's pretty cool. Jeff Scott Soto um, did the Back to the Future song. Brendan Yeagley, that's the guy I was trying to think of. Um, 
uh, Joe Lynn Turner's on it, Damien Wilson, Dan Thuano, Floor Johnson, uh, Roy Kahn's on this album. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty pretty damn good. And when you are, you're, uh, he always builds like a second version of the album, um, which is different, alternate, different vocalists. So when your alternate vocalist on one of your main tracks is Tony Martin, yeah, that's still pretty damn good. And, and I, I, that's the thing I really admire about, um, about Arjun is like, he really always shakes it up when it comes to like what singers he's going to get. Crobot, that's the name of the band I was trying to think of. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, Crobot. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I respect the the ever-changing guest list and the introduction of different voices and you know, like Joe and Turner or something. It's like uh he's um, on this album. Yeah, it's or Ross Jennings, for example. It's like yeah. yeah, these are all fantastic vocalists and like you know, there's another big uh <laughs> you know, European based metal project that has a lot of vocalists that could you know sure learn a thing or two from uh, what Arjun's doing with the sheer diversity of singers that he has you know? and he also has amazing guitar players and other like Michael Ro- Romeo's on here Bumblefoot is on here yeah. Adrian Vandenberg oh, and he's Jens not, Johansson he's not using the the uh, like floor for example on just like ballady stuff right He's using her in, in aggressive up temp yeah. You know, yeah. That's that's the, yeah. And again it goes back to that thing we were talking about with Avantasia. It's like Yeah, I, I really respect Arjun for the the way he handles vocalists. I'll I'll give him that. Yeah, the it's much better than new Avantasia for sure. Yeah, I mean it's 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 always it's exciting. Yeah. Like, Who's he gonna get this time? Oh, really? Okay. And he also uh reissued, remastered the first two well, the two Universal Migrator albums. Yeah. So I got the deluxe C D and then the the both vinyls of that one. So Yeah. He knows how to take my money, that's for damn sure. He does yeah. He does. <laughs> he has a new album coming out, I think, next year maybe. Or he's starting to work on one, so we'll find we'll see. Very cool. So where are you at number one? Nope, we just did number three. Okay, so it's your number two. So number, are you doing number two? That was my number two. Oh, okay. What was your number three? It was Amorphous, Halo. Oh, that's right. Okay, so yeah. So my number two is Brimir, Voices in the Sky. Wow. Man, I mean, this is, and honestly, this was number one. It, for When I'm putting my list together, either this or Manigarm were number one at some point. You know, wow. Manigarm was my number three. Um yeah, uh, I I love this album. It's um, really good. I listened to it again this morning, actually. Flawless album. Like uh, seriously, front to back. Um, I didn't find anything that I, I towards on it. For me, towards the end, it might have been like one song too long. Yeah, I I don't know what it was. I mean, for me, it, it all just worked, and I and I just I wasn't I was thrilled by this album. Like. And and it actually to such a point where I did I actually purposely made myself not talk about it with you guys because I knew I was just like wow I kind of want this to be a surprise because I remember that Justin didn't like it that much it was on his list at some place yeah I remember he was we were talking about it when it first came out I think he said he was disappointed but I like the last album more but I do I do really enjoy this new album and I was just sitting there listening to it going oh oh it's just so good <laughs> it's great right I mean. Everything that I had a problem with on the last album, yeah. which I thought was like, yeah, th- that was a flawed album, but there were parts of it that really excited me. I thought they fixed all those things and they got it right. And 
And this album, like honestly, it, I could flip a coin and it might be number one. Oh, it, 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 consider it being like the alternate number one, like one B, one A. This is one one B, yeah, right? Yeah, because you know it's it's that that it's that good. There's there's some songs here that I. Um, like Herald of Aegir, that song yes. is so yeah. perfect. Like that folky intro and the the way they just blend the power metal, the the mellow death, the and the mellow death hits so perfectly. It's so it's so satisfying. And it has the blackened so tinge to everything. Blackened tinge to it, like razor sharp riffs. Yeah, like ah, just everything about it. I I you know I love it so much. Yeah, I do. I I, I can't disagree with that, man. Um. All right. So didn't think they had it in them to do that. Album. No. No. So are we re- are we ready for our number ones? Yeah. Oh wow. We're are here. We, are we gonna do like a drum also? Yeah. So um, can you can you? I'm gonna give you a chance here. Can you try to guess my number one? Considering this, everything. Considering this is the album, hands down, the most listens of any album this past year. I'm talking. 20, 30, 40 times. Never got bored of it. Because you've mentioned so much Death Doom already, and I, I kind of figured it would have been a Death Doom album, but mm-hmm. now I'm like running out of bands and that. Um, there's a possibility that we have the same album picked at number one, which would be un- unreal. Uh, Take a guess. But I don't want to say mine. No. no. So... Um, I, mean, I, I think I've run out of bands. I think you mentioned everything I could think of. Uh-huh. Maybe. There's one more. Did you mention um, Oceans of Swamber? You did. That was my number, number eight. eight. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just ran out of bands. All right. Uh, so you ready? Yeah. Uh, this is amazing progressive metal. Um, absolutely my favorite hands down album of the year catchy is all can be uh, features the the new vocalist in this band was on the last Suspiria album I'm talking about uh, Diversum from In the Woods well I did not see that coming you did not no I knew you were listening to it I just didn't realize it was that huh yes okay uh, which sort of sucks. I got a quick story. I ordered it from Amazon and like the bottom was all kind of fucked up. So I'm like, I, I'm having weird issues with Amazon recently, but they're like, oh yeah, we'll replace it. We'll send you a replacement. And the replacement got fucking lost in the mail. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, we don't have it anymore. We'll just refund you. I'm like, no, that's not what I wanted. So yeah. <laughs> so if I buy it again to get a good copy, I'll have two of them. I'm you like, sent back the one that was damaged? No. Oh, <laughs> They were they replaced it because it was damaged, you know. Right. I was going to, when they sent the new one, I was going to just switch it back out. But now I have like one that's sort of fucked up. But whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This. Uh. Just something about this album just sort of grabbed me. I remember. I'm like, oh, I remember. I liked the last album a lot. They've been around for a long time. If you don't remember, the first, uh, couple albums when they're like early. 1990s like 94 95 yeah was former members of green carnation right yeah. sort of broke off and started this band and they were very pagan metal-ish back in the day but now they've turned into like this progressive metal band um i i think they're they're really i for me they're, they're one of the best around 
you can still hear that green carnation a little bit. Oh yeah, in their sound. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought this was a pretty good album. Um, I didn't listen to it nearly as much as you did. I think no, because it kind of came late for me. I think I didn't really catch on to it until like a m- couple months ago. It came out. It was released in November twenty fifth. Oh, okay, so a couple. But I've ago. I had the promo since like August. Oh okay. So. And I was sitting on it for so long. I listened to it so much. I'm just like, and I remember I mean, we might have played like one song on right. the show, but I'm like, I'm like, oh, I can't wait till the album actually drops. I can really talk about it. You know right. what I mean? But yeah, it came out really late in the year, which is unfortunate. Um, if it came out in like, like September, October, uh, I think it would be higher on a lot of people's list. Maybe right. I hope. Um, yeah, yeah, a just, lot of people just overlooked it. Basically, very, very overlooked, underrated. Um, like I try to pick a favorite track. I'm like, oh, I like this song. I like this song. Uh, the Coward's Way, the first track is really good. Uh, Wonderful Crisis is really good. Yeah, just just a phenomenal, um, well executed progressive metal band. Uh, there's dust metal elements. There's, you know, we mentioned like Subterranean Masquerade earlier. Right. That type of just avant-garde-ish, but not going crazy. It's funny because my number one actually has elements that remind me of stuff to remind oh. Masquerade. Yeah. Well, okay. It's a band we've touched on a lot tonight for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It yeah. really is. There was not, they were like one of my top five last year. Yeah. So, all right. Now there's not my, my number one. I did not see that coming, honestly. But I, I, I like that because I like that I didn't see it coming. Yes. That pick. Because I, I, I don't think you're going to see mine. I'm here. excited now. I'm like, I'm like nervous. What is it? What is it? Okay, so now my number one album of the year, uh, um, and again, this was tough. Yeah. And I'll explain why this is number one and why Brimir was number two. But uh, number one is Zayon, the Lethian. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's the band that I introduced you to. They're also my number one song of the year. Uh, yeah, I saw I had, that. If I Had Wings. And yeah, you introduced me to this band on a podcast episode in yes. mid-early August. Yeah. And I remember um, when we played the song, I was like... Oh, that was a that was a good song, and I just kind of forgot about it. And then like later, that like oh that that hook came into my mind, and I was like, where the hell? What what song is this? And I was just trying to think of. It. I was like, oh, it must be something we played in the podcast. So I listened to the episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had to find it. I was like, oh man, and then I listened to the album. And when I listened to that album, I remember I was in the grocery store and just had to stop. And just like a revelation, like, you're like, oh yeah. I was just like looking at the oatmeal, like. And, and just stunned like that this everything about this album just is perfect and there's a band that merges different styles yes. together and and they they do like basically like I they say on Metallum that they're symphonic metal okay yeah there are major symphonic it's very elements. Sim- cinematic there's there's like yeah like keep like orchestras going on in the background but they're really I would say progressive symphonic metal yeah because and they have like kind of death metal-y vocals sometimes but the vocalist is this guy named rob carson who's this magnificent vocalist who could do um really great kind of in early classic and flamesy and harsh mellow death okay. type vocals yeah but he has a great really rich singing voice he kind of reminds me of of the guy from primordial um mm. alan uh avril uh, i think that's his name and he and, he and he he has bits that remind me of the singer from Subterranean Masquerade too. Yeah. Especially when he does this sort of like I don't know, like Israeli kind of folky vocal at the end of one of these songs. 
And if I had wings, that song just kills me. I mean, that song is amazing. It's one of the best like metal singles I think has been released in the past 10 years. So we've played it before, right? Um, we did play it before. You played it that night on the show. Actually, that was a song you picked. Yes, it was. Uh, what do you feel about playing it again? Sure, yeah. I mean, I think... I, I think mean, we, we've already secondary. played Threshold again. Yeah. Uh, and then that... Yeah, I think we should. I, I think that's the best metal single released all year. I think that's the best metal song of the year, for me, anyway. But, um, but that... I mean, this album, you know, it's... They, when, if you call it symphonic death metal or, or symphonic, it's, it's to me it's symphonic progressive death metal because it, there's something that separates it from like Septic Flesh or yeah. like Flesh God it's, Apocalypse. See, Septic Flesh had a new album out. Neither of us talked about it, which right. it was a good album though. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I don't know how you felt about the rest of the album on, on, about this one, but yep, it was. I think I, I, I'll be honest with you. I only listened to it like once, but that if I had wings, I did listen to that song over and over. I, I, you know, it, 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 there's nothing I can really say about it. That you just have to listen to it, and it's what I what I wrote about it is that it's actually like one of the the um, one of the things I've heard recently that's the most fresh thing I've heard in metal in a long time. The way they sort of handle the merging of all these different elements and stuff. It's it's like yeah, you could call it symphonic, per, you know, uh, progressive death metal. But it's so much more than just that genre tag, you know. It's like they—I don't think I—I I know of another band that sounds like them, and um, they get to be the number one spot because of that reason. Because I don't think I've ever heard anything like this before. And whereas Brimier, um, you know, that album was was again, I think flawless. But I knew what they had sounded like before. I was expecting them to get better and it was a sound that they had already introduced to me like you know with their past albums and with Zayon they were a new band to me this kind of came out of nowhere with this left hook they don't have a, a single review of this album on Metallum that's how ignored they are really yeah and it's just like you should put you should you should do it well you know and this album came out in G, uh, like July or something so it's not like they haven't had time to for people haven't had time to catch on to them but yeah, they're just uh, yeah. yeah, spectacular. Yeah, this, that was not expecting that either. Yeah. So I think both of our number ones. That's how we should end the show. We should play a song from each one. So yeah, we're gonna play "If I Had Wings" from Zayon, and I'm gonna play "The Coward's Way" from In the Woods, the first track on the album. Yep. I think that's that's how we should leave it because those are our favorite albums of the year. Um, thank you guys for hanging out with us on this episode as we discussed my 75 whatever top albums of the year <laughs> even even doing that i forgot like say uh Sayor and like a bunch of other shit too so it's hard did you have zayon on your um i he's on no. uh, like below oh right yeah because i didn't go back and listen to the album right yeah. as, in, as much as i should have so with that being said again thanks for hanging out with us keeping it metal all year long uh, 2023 looks like to be another stellar year for music. Yep. I rely on all you guys to uh, let us know what we should be listening to. I've actually, I'm uh, working, um, I haven't talked to you about this yet, but I want to put together a local Houston episode. So I've reached out to a few bands. We're going to be playing some local stuff soon on an episode. We've done that before, but I really yep. want to support the local scene a little bit too. So um, 
there's there's some cool stuff in the in the way there. Um, and we're just going to get back into the music, man. I think we're going to try to do some more episodes where we, you know, like we've been talking about doing stuff. It's it, life gets busy. We right. we all get busy. We 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 know this uh, work life, all that kind of shit. But I want to do more uh, episodes where we we have a, a topic. So we talk. We take like either a band um, or we take like you know. Uh, a, a record label, something like that. Uh, there's something big that we're sort of working on in the background that we can't really talk about yet. That's going to affect multiple different podcasts that I'm excited for. We've uh, retouching on that recently. Um, I want to I want to do a couple of shout outs to uh, the Metal Exchange. Uh, those guys have been cool. Yeah, been since you mentioned them on the podcast, they've become good friends and. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Chris because every day I play the damn monkeys hurdle game against that guy, <laughs> and uh, I, I always win. Yeah, but there's been a couple times where he's he's been better than me. It's all right. Um, we've been talking about doing some more episodes together, and I know we want to do a couple of monkeys episodes on his show. They have such a great show. They do have a great show. I'm looking forward to their top albums I enjoy as well. It so much. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Forge Masters Metal Reviews on on YouTube. Been really enjoying those guys these past four oh, yeah. or five months. Yeah, yeah, they're good. They're really really good. Um, it's hard to do a good metal YouTube channel. Yes, those guys have they have it. I've yeah. they've inspired me. I, w- I would love to do that. You know what I mean? Right. We just got to figure that out. I've always wanted to do a YouTube version of what we're doing, but hmm. look at our faces. Right. We have faces for radio. Yeah, YouTube's tough. It is. Even Instagram's tough for yeah. like a blog or a podcast. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Um yeah, so thanks to all the listeners this past year, thanks to everybody that's been hanging out in the Metal Geek Society on the Facebook, um, checking us out on all the social medias. Uh I, I tend to post more at Metal Geeks. Um, but I try to do MSR cast sometimes. We're on all the socials. Uh, you can, of course, check us out on any place where you download your podcast. We're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on Apple Music, we're on places I didn't even know we were at. So that's very cool. Um, so, yeah, thanks for uh, making 2022 a, a great year for the show. Uh, 17 years we've been doing, I've been doing the show. Wow. 17 years. It's, be, it's coming up to 18 right now. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's longer than some relations that I've ever had, for sure. Um, but yeah, where can people find information about you? Uh, at TheMetalPigeon.com is the website. Uh, and the, at the Metal Pigeon Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. For as long as Twitter stays up, who knows how long that is. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I think we should wrap it up. So let's, uh, let's get into uh, our last two tracks of the evening. This is Zayon, If I Had Wings, In the Woods, The Coward's Way, We will see you guys very, very soon. As always, keep it metal.
Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net. Keep it geeky. Keep it metal.